Welcome to a brand new MMA Roasted Podcast. It's me, Adam Hunter. I'm here with Tyler Bow. What's up? As well as CB Gold. What's going on, guys? Uh, we have Russell Peters coming in in about a half an hour. Uh, we have Chris Weidman calling in, uh, the former champion, possibly the the, the new champion. I mean, it's, he's, I think he's got a really good shot of beating Luke Rockhold. I can't wait for that fight. Uh, we also have John Dotson, who's ranked number 10th at 135. That's, that's complete BS. He should be ranked... I think number two or three or uh, at least four. Uh, and then we have Derek Brunson, who's got a big fight against Musasi. So we have a, a stack show. I want to thank our sponsor, Tip a Fighter. Listen, people, uh, fighters are, it's a tough business out there for these fighters. You know, a lot of these guys are not making the Conor McGregor money. Actually, all of them, except for Conor McGregor. Uh, so we could actually make a difference by tipping fighters. Yes, you could actually, you tip a waiter, you tip a waitress, you tip a stripper, tip a, a, a barista. Now, like, I actually, every time I go to a thing, they actually, they, they like, scan your card, and they go, you want to add a tip uh, for everything now. And I'm, and I'm always like, sure, I give 20%, you know, uh, because that's, that's, that's how I roll. So, uh, so why not tip a fighter? So tipafighter.com. Fighters are, are they're on the website. A lot of great Invicta fighters. A lot of great, uh, there's guys in Titan FC. There's guys in the UFC. There's guys in Bellator. All kinds of people on it. So tipafighter.com. Really cool service where fighters can make extra money. I know I do comedy sometimes, like every night. And sometimes people hand me money afterwards. And they go, hey, man, you were funny. Here's 20 bucks, 50 bucks. Uh, I was in Arizona. Someone gave me 100 bucks. And I'm like, fucking great, man. Nothing. It's a pretty cool feeling to reach into your pocket and pull out an extra $20 or $50. It, 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 it all adds up. So tipafighter.com. Make sure you check them out. They're really good people. Let's see what's going on with me. So uh, Monday after the show, I got a, I got a call to, to do a run-through for a game show for Spike TV. And uh, that was tough because... I got to the I got to the set and it was it's, it's kind of like a it's a, a a pilot and I got to the set and then they hand me like twenty pages and they're like okay we're gonna run through this in a half an hour yeah and, learn this uh, learn this real quick yeah let's learn this so I definitely had to like you know and then it went okay the run through went okay but I mean I literally got explained the show really cool I'm not gonna say what the show is but it's a really really fun show if it gets picked up and then that night I just. Spent all night long just working, working, working on it. Canceled my acting class, worked on it. And then the next day I got there and I was, I was stressing. And when I got there, they handed me 20 new pages. Go, hey, we had a writer come in and punch up the whole script, oh. change everything around. Nice. But it went really, really good. And uh, I was really, really happy with it and really proud of myself because it was, I know that, you know, 10 years ago, I would have shit a brick. I would have been so nervous. I would have been in my own head. And I wasn't this time. So I was happy about that. Do you think you're getting more confident or just more relaxed? I think it's both. Yeah. I think it's definitely both. Uh, so that was, that was good to do. And then last night, the Dime Bar was a great show. Actually, Tuesday night, we had Damon Wayans Jr. show up. Uh, he was super cool. A lot of guys from New York showed up. Brian Scalero, David J. Nash, uh, or DJ Nash. Uh, my friend who was, uh, you know, I used to do his like bringer shows at the Boston comedy club in New York city. And since then he's been, he's executive produced like 15 TV shows. It's always crazy when you see people like that. Like I used to do a show with, uh, remember Ed Helms used to run a show in New York. What? Uh, Ed Helms used to run this like bringer show. You had to bring five people and Ed Helms was the guy in charge. And Man, if you would have told me Ed Helms was going to be like this huge, I would have been like, nah. I'm like, he, you know, he was good, solid comic, but I'm like, and then he got the Daily Show, and then he Wait, got this the guy and that. From the Office? Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah. From the he, Hangover. Yeah, from the Hangover yeah. office. And now his, his career just was like, boom. I didn't know he started in stand-up. I assumed he started in, like, uh, improv or No, he was a stand-up or... guy, and huh. he, he was a good comic. I couldn't he, see him doing stand-up. And he used to run the Bringer show at the Boston, to bring five people. I love and, that there's a Boston comedy club in New in York. New York. I was Because the there thing. would never, I lived in Boston, there would never be a New York comedy yeah. club in Boston. <laughs> it's true. No, it was a Boston, so that, so um, it's just crazy. So that was cool, uh, seeing a bunch of New York guys, and it, it was fun. It was a fun show. And afterwards, I watched videos, and then uh, oh, and it wasn't Chappelle, Stevie Wonder? No, no, I didn't have the Chappelle, it. Stevie Wonder. <laughs> crazy Kid and Play experience. wasn't even there. No, no, Kid and Play wasn't. Uh, and then, yeah. So then yesterday was cool. I did a this show it was Jack Junior's birthday at the Ha Ha. I went on. It was packed. Yeah, packed show. Tried a couple new jokes. It's just funny though. And then, I, and then I watched uh, I watched us on Living with Funny. I watched your first TV gig or your second TV gig. Uh, yeah, that was cool. I didn't even I haven't even seen it yet. I saw the uh, the little uh, clip you sent me or that you posted online. It looked really good. Uh, I'm sure that was like that was probably the entire perform part uh, no, that I was, was on TV. But no, you were uh, on a couple times. Oh yeah, you were on for the intro and the I think for. When you left the stage and something yeah. like that. I was a little nervous how my new girlfriend would react to it. Because I got yeah. a new girlfriend and she's watching me go on dates on TV on the Oxygen channel. And, you know, like... It's acting. It's acting. Yeah, but right? she she actually loved it. She she was super cool about it. And, uh, and uh, she loved it. So I was happy about that. I was happy. Overall, you know, we actually made it Facebook official. I saw that. Uh, that I was a big step. It. And then, of course, everybody on my Facebook was writing, what's his name? Or uh, <laughs> or people were like, uh, how many girls is it? Or I don't believe it. Or I call bullshit. Or, you know, Phil Baroni's writing things like, what three dudes are you fucking? Oh, I just, no. Yeah, it was That's like, the last person you want commenting on your relationship. It was 120 <laughs> comments of people. Just one. People were commenting. Like Lisa D'Amato, who won like Next Top Model, was commenting. She's like, you have funny friends. I just people are just constantly you make it Facebook official and it was it was hard I mean the social media like uh, you know about a two months ago once you made it official I'm like should I delete my Tinder account just because I have all just in case yeah. it doesn't work out but I did I deleted the Tinder account deleted the Bumble account look at you uh, yeah went, went I went all in hey I didn't comment on uh, social media but uh, I'm happy for you man I'm uh, uh, to Everybody listening out there, I, I've met Bree a couple times and hung out with her. She's a really sweet girl. Uh, so I'm stoked for her, man. What uh, what I want to know is how many podcasts is it? Oh, it's been a bunch of podcasts. <laughs> Speaking of podcasts, so we're leaving Sideshow Network as of first week of June. So I'm building the podcast studio, which is very nice. Sean, actually, uh, he's a good guy. He actually got us back in Sideshow. He's, he's a real nice guy. So I appreciate the time we had here. Uh, it's, it's just been, a, it's been an uphill battle, man. Just podcasts in general. Because, I mean... MMA started out as a hobby for me. Like, I don't know if people know this. I'll just give the breakdown. Like, I was the, I was the writer for the MMA awards. John Heffron hired me to write the MMA awards. He said, hey, man. So I wrote a couple sketches for him. I wrote the Randy Couture divorce attorney. It was me, Joey, <laughs> Joey uh, Vegas, him, this guy, Mike Burton. Uh, and then we wrote, like, the, the Dear Vandy sketch, the Vanderlei mm-hmm. Silva. So I wrote that, and then I ran into Dana White at a casino one night. And I'm like, Dana, man, you know, I wrote the MMA Awards. We talked for like 45 minutes. He, he couldn't have been cooler, Dana. I mean, literally me and him talking MMA. He couldn't believe how much, how much I loved it, blah, blah, blah. And then I invited him the next night to my comedy show. And he actually called the comedy show to tell me, them, tell Adam, I'm sorry, I can't make it. Wow. Like the next night. That's what Dana did. So then... Um, 
So then I went and like pitched them a show. I did that for a couple of years. I wrote all these, you know, like the 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 storage wars with the the pawn stars, Randy Couture. That that mm-hmm. one did very well. Uh, the Phil Baroni used car salesman. Uh, <laughs> me and Joey did that. So I wrote all these sketches, and then and then what happened was, uh, so then after that, so uh, me and Dana became friends, and I, I went to UFC headquarters and pitched them a show. Uh, I'm not going to say that the show was they 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 passed on it, but. A couple months later, but uh, a couple months later, I was doing the podcast with me and Epstein, me and Scott Einstein, uh, Epstein. We were doing the podcast here, and Dana hits me up, and he's like, "Hey, man, I want to do like this these MMA videos. I love Tosh I want you to be the guy in charge of the uh, you to do these videos." So mm-hmm. for three years, I did those videos. People don't, I don't even people even knew that it was actually the UFC was back in those videos, but. That's what I was doing for three years, and it was great. I had the most fun. It was the best job I've ever had. Was the I mean, I loved it. I got to write jo- jokes about fighters. I, I put my friends on the video. I put Hanato on. I put um, I put Alan Juban on a bunch. Yeah, Uriah Faber, Luke Barnott, Kenny Florian, Shayna Baszler, all these fight. Uh, you know, Uncle Creepy, Ellen uh, Berger, Ellen Berger. All these guys got to be in the make cameos in the videos, and they, uh, you know, Vince Michelle. It was great. It was a great gig. I loved it. Uh, lo and behold, a couple months ago, the UFC said where the my boss my boss left. It's always one of those things where you, the guy who hires you leaves. He went for he went to ESPN, and then the new boss came in. I, I could just tell. I don't know. He wasn't crazy about him. So they they they, they, they said like we're not going to do the videos anymore. Which would suck. That was like because anytime you get paid to do what you love. It's the fucking greatest gig ever. And I, it's like, and I love doing comedy. I get paid for comedy. But when you get paid on top of that to do comedy about MMA. But the MMA roasted thing was really, you know, it was Dana called me. I want to do this. And then that ballooned into like 63,000 followers now on Twitter. But that was all just like a fucking hobby. Like it was all those extra jokes I wrote that I couldn't put in the videos. So then, uh, so then Fox Sports calls me. And they're like, hey, man, we want to do this text from last fight. And I'm like, fucking great. Oh, I mean, it took, took forever. Those were brilliant. Did those for like two years. Fox Sports then brought on our podcast. I was like, this is great. I'm, 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 I got Fox Sports. I got the UFC. I'm, I'm making jokes. I was in fucking heaven. Like, this was like, it, it was heaven. It was great. I mean, granted, I got a lot of shit from people. There were a lot of detractors. You got a mm-hmm. lot of people that were like, oh, you're not funny. You're this or that. Or you suck. But... Which didn't really bother me. The web when they were coming from websites, that's fucking bothered me. Like the people at Bloody Elbow were like, you know, you got a lot of those like social media justice warriors that didn't like certain jokes. So and it's like, come on, man, when you're throwing out a hundred jokes a fucking week, a couple are going to be offensive or are going to be over the line. It just but you know, there's a victim to every joke, but that's a whole separate topic. We'll not even go mm-hmm. on that. So then, you know, then the Fox Sports thing, and it was like me, DJ, and then it was, uh, first it was T-Rex, and then T-Rex wasn't showing up, and then it was Jake, and then Jake lost, he wasn't showing up, and then Marina came on, and then Marina got upset that I, got, I was a little bit whatever, and then Marina left, and then it was Greg and Tyler, and then Greg got a job, he's out, now fucking Tyler's moving to Oregon, we'll get that, we'll get to that later, now it's CB. I still like the current crop, but then the, the boss over at Fox Sports leaves, and... Uh, <laughs> The new Evan, they decide, hey, we're not, we don't want to do your podcast anymore. So then we came back here. It's a fucking, it, it's it's tough, man. So 
Uh, look, it, it's it's almost where it's where it went from a hobby to a job. Now back to a hobby is kind of what it is. Is what I'm saying, and uh, you know that what it will look. I'll keep doing the podcast. I got to obviously learn some some things with Skype. How to Skype people out of my apartment. I bought the equipment. I'm going to keep it. I'm, I I enjoy having you guys listen to it. Really, I like talking MMA with my friends. I made more friends out of this job than any anything. I made great friends. I you know I've had comedy shows where you know Matt Hughes and Forrest Griffin and Cub Swanson and Jessica I and Sarah McMahon and Jessica Penny and I mean all these amazing Carla Esparza and Ellenberger and and Uriah Faber and Kenny Florian and John Anik and and all these well John Anik never came but like uh, you know all these fighters have come to my shows that. It's like a dream come true. It's been a dream come true. And all the fans, too. The fans come up to me, man, I listen to your show every week. I get more people hitting me up saying, I've been depressed all week. Uh, thank you for your show. I've, I, I've had the worst week possible. Thank you. So, you know, that's why, I, that's really why I do it. I like, obviously, making people laugh. I like talking MMA. It's a fucking great, I get to hang out with Tyler. I, I, I fucking discovered CB under a rock. You know, um, <laughs> I got all these great people around. That's really why I do it. But it is... Uh, you know, it is, it is, lately it's been a little bit of an uphill battle, um, but well, like all good battles, they, they all go uphill, right? Yeah, I was going to say props to you, man, for keeping this going through all that adversity, because a lot of people would, as soon as things got tough or whatever, they'd bail and they'd say, ah, well, you know, it didn't work out, but you're making it work out and you're still doing uh, well, it. Well, there's and- also part of me going, maybe the universe is telling me <laughs> to fucking move on. I mean, there's, there's that of people saying for everybody that, look, when I started, there was like three MMA podcasts. It was like us, the fighter and the kid and Rogan. You consider that an MMA podcast, right? Fighter and the kid, sorry. Now, and I don't even want to list the podcasts, okay? Because I don't want people to fucking switch from this podcast to those podcasts. However, you know, you favors Team Alpha Male's got a podcast. Now Misha Tate's got a podcast. Uh, the John Anik and whatever the referees. Big John's got a fucking podcast. I mean, it just keeps going on and on. Brian Stan, Bisbing's got a radio show, uh, and then the, but then you, and then the, you don't not even including the MMA junkie people and the and the bloody elbow people and the and the, the you know shirt dog people have a podcast and Ben Falks and I mean Damon Martin and, and who Tommy Toll Tommy Toll. It just goes. There's seventy five thousand MMA podcasts, and unfortunately. The audience hasn't grown by seventy five thousand people. Uh, yeah. It's just or seventy five times. It's just, we're all going for the same fucking people. We're all fishing for the same fish in the same pond. Fortunately, I believe that this is the best podcast. I, I do. I believe that we bring you something different than everybody else. We we bring you the Hanados. Uh, we bring you the press conferences. We bring you me. We bring you the Greg Wilsons. We bring you you. We bring the girls. We, we bring the we bring you. You know, all, Russell Peters today. We we have Chris Weidman on. We have this one. We have that. We provide something different than everybody else. Ours has variety and it's not selective. You know? Variety and selective. And it's not just, you know, I'm not going over odds on fights every fucking week. It's not an odds maker type. Not, not, nothing wrong with the odds maker podcast. I'm sure they're great. Okay, but that's not what we're doing here. You know, uh, I try to ask questions. By the way, on that note, Panny... Uh, is upset with me uh, and the podcast. And I don't know, you weren't here Monday. We had Tanya Evinger on, who was in town. So we had her, and I had Panty scheduled the week before. I didn't want to reschedule her. Tanya beat Panny. I thought that Tanya would be cool with like maybe humble in, 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 in victory. Mm-hmm. And she doesn't like Panny. I didn't realize how much she didn't like her. Panny got upset. 
Uh, so she put her, so she got her attitude in a, in a, in a, in a, a panty. Uh, so it was just, uh, she's very upset and, and declined to come back on the show. I tried to make it up to her and said, let's do, let's do a show with just me and you. She's like, no, thank you. So listen, I'm sorry. Sometimes you cannot predict how these things are going to go. Ugh. And, uh, unfortunately if I, if I would have, you know, I was trying my best to make it as un, as less, I don't know, as, as comfortable as possible for everybody involved, but it didn't seem to work that way. I'll take yeah. the blame for bringing Tanya. It was not your fault. It was not your, I should have rescheduled Panty. That's what I should have done. Yeah, but you know what? At the same time, <coughs> and as, as comedians, you guys know, you can't please all everybody all the time. Yeah. And like you said, you never know what was going to come out of there and whatever it was. It, it's unfortunate. Hopefully, Panty listens and hears that we are sorry for what happened, and he'll give us another shot. You know, we weren't we weren't trying to offend her. We weren't trying to no, piss no, her no, off. No, no, no. I we was trying to, to actually fun. make. I was taking up for her, but she's upset. Sorry, Panny, if you're upset. Uh, Sorry, uh, she's not the only one. Tanya got in trouble the other day. What happened <laughs> with Laura posting all over oh, yeah, Facebook yeah, yeah. about Tanya it, which is hilarious. Path. Yeah, so Laura didn't want her. We had a, Laura Tanya outed Laura being a lesbian or bisexual, and Laura. So Laura puts on. Facebook to my parents, please don't listen to this podcast, which of course they're going to listen to that podcast. That's what you put. Yeah. yeah. But then what are you going to do? All right, let's talk some MMA news. (laughs) Whatever you do, don't listen to this. Why? No reason. Yeah. Well, that's why I was happy like a few weeks ago when I went out for my dad's birthday. We were talking about the podcast and my sister goes, trust me, I'll never listen to it. I'm like, oh, thank God. Yeah. Like if she went back and found out that we're discussing fucking guys hitting on her on Twitter and shit, I'd be in hot water. I had a girlfriend who I I convinced for like months that you had to pay for it. And then she realized, (laughs) She realized it was free, and then she didn't want to click download because it would charge her iTunes. Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah, and then she realized it was free, and then I was fucked. (laughs) No, Um, I think you weren't fucked. Was the problem? Exactly. Look at you, CB Gold, once again. All right. So, uh, word is that the UFC is up for sale. Dana White is saying it's not up for sale. But the word is that $4.4 billion, there's all kinds of people trying to buy the UFC. It's on like if, eBay, right? If, yes. <laughs> just, if Along any, with Zimmerman's gun. If anyone, oh. knows, if anyone knows this, it'll be CB. What's the scoop? Okay. Well, from what I heard, and I originally heard they're selling to some, there have been advanced talks, selling it to a Chinese like billionaire group, of course. Um, that's I got an update that Lorenzo Fertitta is just selling a portion of his shares so he can focus a little less on the UFC and more on the casinos and, and the other entities that he has that are making money. So he's selling a portion of $4.4 billion? No, I don't, I don't know if it's even that much because that I don't think the UFC and it's... An, uh, I don't think the US, a piece of the UFC is $4 billion. I mean, yeah, it's a hell of a payday considering they bought the thing for like $2 million back in whatever, 1996, I think it was. But from what I'm hearing... Of course, if it comes out later, I'm wrong. I'll openly admit I'm wrong. But from what I'm hearing, Lorenzo is selling a piece to kind of walk away a little bit. All right. Uh, well, that's, I mean, look, if they sell the UFC, it's going to be very, very tough because it's going to be, I don't know if it's going to be better or worse for the fighters. First of all, I think it'd be better for Bellator. I think it'd be, it'd better, be better for, better for the World Series of Fighting. Better for those people because they're not going to run it as good as the UFC. Yeah. There's, there's no way Dana White has a lock into the mentality of the fighters, mentality of the business, the fans. He knows exactly what the fans want. You know, I mean, for the most part, of course, sometimes, <laughs> sometimes he whole, whole error, but pretty much he's, 
like a fan slash promoter. He's one of the best promoters out there. I mean, him, Vince McMahon, Don King, you well, know. he is the Vince McMahon of MMA. Yeah, so, well, but I do believe that if you have a bunch of people in a boardroom who don't know the psych of the UFC, they're going to be screwed. It's like, it's like with comedy clubs. Like sometimes like people go, oh, we're going to open up a comedy club, but they don't really know. They're going to be out of business in a, in a year yeah. because they don't know like, if you just think, oh, you open up a comedy club, people will show up. No, you they don't know the, the 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 whole system of barking and or like bringing people off the streets and the contest and the bringer shows and how you do this and how you book the headliners and I, there's all kinds of stuff that goes into it and competition and I mean, first of all, as a comic, you know, as soon as a club opens up, is when you want to do it because they're going to overpay yeah. you yeah. Uh, or pay you what you actually really deserve. Yeah. They're not going to, they're going to treat you like gold and uh, until they realize that, you know, whatever. And they're probably not going to be around for six months. I've and I feel like the same like thing goes with the UFC. If they, if they sell it to a bunch of board executives, look what Reebok did. You think Reebok knew the mentality of the fight fans? Obviously not. They, they wouldn't don't know have, shit. They wouldn't there's, have had them dress like Uno. There's you know? no. <laughs> they there's also no. wouldn't be screwing up names and deleting parts of countries on fucking t-shirts. <laughs> well, that's just carelessness. There's, but in the, in a lot of situations like this, there's there's no substitute for experience. And Dana has been in the game and around the game forever. He's got the. It, you got to have a perfect storm of business sense, fighter mentality, uh, and knowledge of. It's like with the comedy club, you have to have business sense to run the club, but you've got to have knowledge of the comedy game to be successful at it. Right. So, yeah, if they just hand the, the business over, uh, the company over to a bunch of business people, it's not going to go well. Yeah, I don't, I don't believe it will either. I think Reebok goes out the window. But I don't, do, why, why would they do that? that? Well, also, there's a whole thing of, of the UFC's contract with Spike expiring in 2018. And having it go to ESPN, Wait, Spike. I mean, not Spike with Fox, uh, uh, and then have it go to ESPN. There's a there's a lot of people thinking that they're going to go to ESPN. Uh, ESPN's starting to get bigger and bigger with MMA. They're starting to really notice it and and televise it and talk about it. I mean, sometimes they're a little uh, confused in what they talk about, but it's it's not a, it's not a bad thing. I mean, WWE's covered by ESPN now too, so they're really branching out. Really? Yeah. It may yeah, not but be I the wonder worst how it would be if they actually. First of all. What would they do? They would air stuff on ESPN two and ESPN three, like the Ultimate Fighter. ESPN, and the, the Ocho. I mean, seriously, what would they? What would they do there? They'd have to. It would be very because they're not going to put it against Sports Center. They're going to have to put no. like the events on. It would, it would be. be it would, I would be curious to see how they would do that because it just seems like Fox Sports did a pretty good job. They have Fox Sports one, which they can just kill all their programming for anytime an event comes on. Uh, you know, but ESPN who ha- airs basketball games and baseball games and more games than Fox Sports, how they would do that. They could honestly come up with a new channel. I'd be, I would, I'd be curious to see how they do that. Yeah, they'd have to... I mean, that's... They've got a lot of the big the, the big sports. I hate saying that, yeah. but like, yeah, fo- um, football, basketball, baseball, all that stuff. So it's like, yeah, they'd either have to put it on ESPN2 or, or some other channel. I, I can't believe it's just not just uh, UFC TV. 
Uh, I mean, I mean, you've got Fight Pass and that kind of well, thing. Well, I mean, like, like 24-hour UFC TV? Just a network. I mean, uh, if... Fuel almost became that. Yeah. It uh, almost happened. I, I know, and I'm surprised that it didn't because... I, did, well, I don't know. I used to work at Fuel for a couple of weeks, and I loved... <laughs> I loved. Uh, I, I, was, I worked on Jason Ellis on Ellis Mania. It was the craziest job I ever had. They hired me to be like the MMA consultant on the show, right? Because they were doing MMA. And then I show up, and they're like, okay, you're editing on an Avid. I never edited before or on an Avid. So I'm sitting... <laughs> so then I'm... I'm sitting in front of this computer and I have to log in the times. I'm watching 90 hours of Ellis Mania, which is like, I don't know if you've ever watched it. It's fighting where people have like shot collars and blindfolds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's the funniest thing in the world. Stripper was Shannon fights Rich and in it? Shannon Rich was not in it. He should have been. It was crazy. So I'm sitting there and my my the fuel tv it was the most laid back network they're like all right just come in whenever you want so i'd come at like four in the morning to six and leave uh i had like a pass i come in whenever i wanted i took like out of the three weeks i worked there i took maybe like 10 days off uh it was <laughs> it was pretty awesome though that actually got me they actually bought a show for me after that uh yeah i wonder how, why it didn't work out no no it, i mean it was great i had no they bought a tv show from me i sold the show because the network became fox sports too Mm-hmm. Uh, that's why it didn't work out. Fuel TV, yeah. the whole network folded from a TV show that I sold them. Um, but <laughs> that was the most laid back network of all time. And it was a bunch of stoners and cool surfers and they didn't care about ratings. Uh, like once, <laughs> once Fox sports came, they cared. It was like the network you want, you go on you go to a bar and you see people surfing in the background. Yeah. That, that's what surf, that's what it was. But I didn't know anything like they'd be like, uh, Hey, Paul Rodriguez. I'm like the comedian. They're like, no, the skateboarder. I thought Paul Rodriguez was the oh, comedian. Yeah, like yeah. I didn't know yeah. his son was a skateboarder. Uh, it was, it was pretty funny. It was a pretty funny experience. Uh, but I, I, I Georgia. I thought it was a good time. I, I think- actually got into a fist fight with that comic with uh, like right after and after watching 30 hours of Ellis Mania, I was prepared to fight. I was like, <laughs> Jason Ellis is a he's like a basically a cult leader. He has a PF people that like I work on the show and I'd interview people before their fights and they were fans of his show and they'd come in to box people and to do this crazy fighting. Mm-hmm. Where they have like this one thing where they have uh, musical chairs, and who the last person to sit on the chair has to fight. Like you have to fight. Like that's that was it was the most entertaining shit ever. Wow. And um, I would interview people. I'm like, hey, why are you here? They're like, oh well, I was just got back from you know Iraq, and I was depressed, and I listened to Ellis, and and now I'm a new man. You know, I'm like, oh, okay, so how do you prepare for this fight? I took three oxycotons, and I'm ready to go. I'm like, oh. I'm like, did you train for this? No, man, not at all. Like that's it was insane. It was yeah. like they these people were definitely improving their lives, but there was an asterisk <laughs> behind every one of their stories. It yeah. was insane. It was fun though. Jason Ellis told Chuck Liddell to beat my ass in somebody's backyard. Really? Yeah. Wow, that, that is a great story. Okay, so um, what else? Uh, so BJ Penn is now fighting Cole Miller at UFC 199. Uh, and we talked about this last night, CB, at my show. I like Cole Miller in this all day long. I think BJ Penn is a legend. And look, one of the top 10 fighters of all time, BJ Penn. Maybe even top five. But... This is not the same BJ Penn. This is the Mike Tyson that fought Lennox Lewis. This is the Mike Tyson that fought Peter McNeely. This is the Mike Tyson, not McNeely, but Kevin, the guy who lost to Kevin, uh, 
some other guy. It was like his last fight ever. Kevin McAllister. The, well, he fought somebody. <laughs> yeah, he yeah, he fought that guy. Uh, <laughs> this is not the same. Kevin McBride, his name is. It's not the same Mike Tyson that fought Michael Spinks. Okay, this is not the BJ Penn that fought Sean Shirk. This is not the BJ Penn that fought Kenny Florian. This is not the BJ Penn that fought Diego Sanchez. Okay, this is not the guy that beat. This is this is BJ Penn. I was at his fight with Frankie Edgar, and he was a shell of himself. And look, BJ came to my show. One of the highlights of my life. He was cool as shit. He laughed at all my jokes. He was the nicest, warmest guy. And the guy has so much passion. You, like, you talk to Hawaiians, they would vote BJ for president. I'm <laughs> telling yeah, you, they, they love, this guy is the Michael Jordan of Hawaii. Even bigger, he's, they love BJ Penn. The man can jump out of a swimming pool. He's unbelievable. <laughs> but why is he fighting and... You know, great fight for Cole Miller. Cole Miller, I mean, Cole went to a, a strip club in Florida together. Uh, he came to my show. Cole is cool as shit. Um, and, he, and he's a fight nerd and he's a, a good dude. And Okay, so where do you think Cole beats him? Everywhere at this point. What? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. I'm retiring, people. Goodbye. All right, t- <laughs> tell me, tell me uh, you think BJ wins this fight? I definitely think BJ wins this fight. How? Number one, you can't really... And you could, you know, I know what happened with Edgar the third time, but that was a different, nobody can tell what BJ this is going to be because he's doing stuff that he's never done before. It's a bad BJ. It's one where teeth are involved. All right, go on. So (laughs) he's going to Jackson Wink. He's been there for more than a training camp. He's been there for like four training camps all together. He left his family in Hilo. He's over there. You really don't know what he's going to bring to the table. It could be better or worse. They say he looks old, dude. I don't know. I've heard Greg and, and other guys saying that he's doing well. And BJ is now training exclusively with Cowboy to get ready for the length. And I know that training with Cowboy every day is going to be a lot better than, than – Cowboy's better than fighting Cole Miller in terms of skill. Look, I think Cole can use his range to maybe paw in and, in and out, hit some strikes. But when it comes to power, he doesn't have the power to knock BJ out. I think that BJ definitely has the power to knock Cole out. And if it goes to the ground, regardless of age, coming from a jiu-jitsu background, like you you know too, you're a jiu-jitsu, I have no jiu-jitsu player. Background. You've been doing jiu-jitsu, you just don't tap to electric chairs. Yeah. But I think B, there's no way Cole finishes BJ on the ground. But I, think, I, 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 I don't BJ know winning. why BJ's doing this fight. He has enough money. I, I would assume he has enough money. I would assume he can go to any clinic in the country and put on a fucking clinic and charge $50, people will show up. $100 people show up. I don't, I know he doesn't like going out in a loss. That's, that's the it's problem. Pride. It's pride. I get it. But that's when he was in his peak in pride. Okay. He doesn't he need to. Never in pride. I know, but, but during the pride era. But it's All the right, same so, thing as like Shamrock trying to come back for more fights and, and yeah, how's that going for him? Yeah, but they're like, they really don't have it anymore and they just don't want to give up i, I feel I'm like wrong. bj's I hope got I'm wrong i i really hope i'm wrong i'm a, i like i said i'm not disparaging bj penn at all or disrespecting bj penn at all i do not want to see him get hurt i've talked to a couple fighters recently and who've, who've been knocked out a couple times and bj has not been knocked out but he's taking a lot of punches and they're they're starting to sound like guys who've been knocked out too many times and i don't want that to happen to my favorite fighters when when it's not necessary, it's really never necessary, but it's not necessary in this case. Tyler, uh, 
I don't know, man. I th- I'm gonna. I guess I'm gonna side with BJ just because I'm hopeful that this is what I hope. I hope he comes back. I hope he gets the win, and then I hope he says, you know, I just wanted to see if I still had it and I get get a win and get out. Because when does that he, when does that ever happen? It doesn't. It's not in the history happen. of sports. It doesn't. Because if they get a win, then they go, well, I still got it, and I should keep fighting. And if they lose, then they go, well, do we, we want to see Dan Henderson get knocked out by Hector Lombard? Does no. anybody want to see that? No. Do we do we want to see? Uh, Tank Abbott fight again, like Dan Severin. Does anybody want to see this stuff? I, I understand it. it sells tickets. Maybe you want to see it, but this is not the best version of the uh, of these guys. And I, I don't know. I, I understand what you're. Look, maybe Cub Swanson is not in the same Cub Swanson, but he's still fucking amazing, you know. And there are certain guys like when you're not when you're a little bit past your prime. I get it. When you're you know, well, how many fights has he won in the last five years, BJ Penn? Has he won any fights? After it was Edgar Loss, Edgar Loss. Nick Diaz. Yeah, Nick Diaz, John Fitch. That And that, I think, was a loss. It was a draw, but I think it was a loss. I mean, he's had a rough go. So he's, he's, I, so he's 0-5 in the past five years. Dude, I'm I'm with you. I'm, I... I uh, think that he probably should have just stayed retired and not come out and fight. I'm just saying, like, I, I kind of wish he had. Yeah, I'm going to watch it. But, yeah, no, I, I'm just saying I hope best case scenario, I think, for for him and for someone who's a fan of him as well, is that he comes out, he gets a win, and he says, you know, just that's it. Yeah, that's uh, right. And, and, and honestly, and I and I hope that, like, you know, fucking strippers, uh, you know, 10 strippers come out in the room right now and just to be like, hey, listen, guys, we're, you, we have guns and we want to blow at them. Well, and they tie you three up. But that's not going to fucking happen, okay? <laughs> his last win was almost six years ago. Six years ago was his last win. Okay, so what are we doing here? What are we doing? I don't know, but he said he wants Sean, to Sean, what are we doing? All right. He said so he wants now, a title run. I don't he, think he that's wants a title happening. run. That's okay, okay, that's good. That's good. Maybe the Invicta. Listen, um, I'm, I'm kidding. Uh, all right. So what are we talking about? Uh, this weekend, Saturday. This this Friday and Saturday. Uh, no, two Saturday. Two, two Saturday fights. Two uh, Saturday. So let's talk about. Let's break down the fights. What do we got, CB? Well, you got in terms of guys who should retire. There's a few on the 198. But let's, but let's <laughs> run down the list. Uh, from the main event down. Yeah. Uh, you got Stipe versus Verdum for the heavyweight title. And I am going with Stipe Miocic. I think, I know it's Brazil. That's that's the big Brazil. That's the thing. But Stipe is a firefighter. Okay, he walks into fire. He walks into pressure. Okay, that's that's what he does. Like like Teddy Atlas said, we're fucking firefighters. We love the fire. That's that's what he said to Tim Bradley. Google it if you don't know what I'm talking about. Okay. I think he, he goes in there. He uses his boxing. He uses his speed. He's got great wrestling. I think that he doesn't get caught. I think his hands are much better than Verdum's hands. He was a Golden Glove boxer, uh, and I think Stipe is the next heavyweight champion. And Adam Hunter said it first here, people. Okay, Adam Hunter said it. The, the man who, who you just can't put away. I'm like the Bernie Sanders of podcasts. Okay, <laughs> you, you think I'm out, and I keep coming back. Oh, a bird just landed on Adam's shoulder. Yes. All right. So, uh, Tyler, who do you like in this fight? Uh, um, we said a couple podcasts ago, we said no disclaimers. Uh, I'm going to, I'm going to side with Verdum in this. I think I always, I, I really, for me, the strength, the resume is always a big deal. He's fought so many great guys. I know that Stipe rises to the occasion. I think he fights up. Um, Verdum is just, I think he's got too many solid wins over 
uh, top level guys, and I think he's he's one of those you know the the, the wily veteran. I think he's got a lot of tools, and uh, I think he's going to get the win. All right, the most mysterious man in the world, CB Gold. What do we like? Steve Miocic. How? Uh, you know, he's done interviews saying jiu-jitsu is great until you get punched in the face. Yes. And he said on our podcast that he's not worried about his ground game, which maybe you're overlooking it That's a little a mistake, bit. but okay. But I think on the feed, he's got the power. He's got the technique. Um, Verdum's really only, like, standing finish was against Mark Hunt, and Mark Hunt took that fight on 20 days. Right. So I think Stipe has everything... That was a knee, to, right? It was, yeah. It was a, it was a flying knee. Yeah, he's not flat landing on. on oh Stipe. hell no, hell no! Because yeah. Stipe's almost as tall as him, right? And he, like I said, he's got the power, the technique. I don't think Verdum. I don't want to say I don't think he can beat him. I just think Stipe is better equipped to beat him. Okay, for a what new else? heavyweight champion. Next fight, um, Jacare Belfort. Come on, yeah, let's go on the list. Vitor, I know. I was thinking of what the co-main <laughs> Jacare and Vitor. Jacare all day long. Uh, Vitor. Be, look, TRT Vitor, unstoppable. Beats everybody. Beats the whole division at once. Okay, we saw what he did to Luke Rockhold. We saw what he did to Dan Henderson. Michael Bisping. We, Michael Bisping. The guy's a video game. However, Not no TRT less. Vitor Belfort gets beat up by Weidman. Uh, and I just don't I don't see it. I, I think that Jacare is a monster. And I think he's an, a weird fighter. I mean, that... Uh, does Vitor have Yoel Romero power Mm-mm. without the TRT? I do not think so. Yoel Romero is a freak show, and Vitor and and Jacare doesn't get hit with that bomb in that first round. He wins that fight, uh, or you know he doesn't get hurt like he did. So I, I like Jacare in this. Uh, the alligator wins this fight. CB, I, I like Jacare. Um, one of the things that I was reading and hearing this week was Vitor has said for years he wanted to end his career in a soccer stadium. Well, Jacare might end his career in a soccer stadium. Wow. I think if he loses this weekend, Vitor retires. Uh, I worked with Vitor a few years ago. Guy was way better as TRT tour yeah. instead of now. I think Jacare is still coming up. He has not peaked yet. He's he's gaining power, knocked out Okami, which was unheard of. Um, and his submissions, there's nobody better at 185 on the ground than him. I think, like you said, if he dodges that first round barrage, which Vitor may not have a lot of, I mean, Vitor couldn't get out of Weidman's full mount. You think he's going to get out of Jacare's full That was mount? weird. He was trying to punch out of the mount. Yeah, and he's a Brazilian jiu-jitsu black belt. Yeah. So uh, I think Jacare all day. Mr. Bo. I like Jacare as well. All right, thanks. Nothing Next to add. Fight. No, well, I mean, you guys already said most of it. I mean, I, I agree with you uh, on all accounts, and uh, I think he's going to take it too. What else we got? Uh, Uriah Hall and Anderson Silva is off. Yes. Uriah has been pulled. Okay. Um, the next fight is Leslie Smith. And Cyborg Santos. This fight, uh, I've actually texted people to put $50 on Smith, and they didn't get back to me. I think they think that I'm high <laughs> as fuck. Uh, Maybe they're trying to save you money. You know what? I told Leslie I would bet on her, and I'm a man of my word. Uh, I w- I'm going to bet on Leslie Smith. I think she's a, what, 10 to 1? 12 uh, to 1? I don't know the odds, but it's it's got to be big. Uh, I, I, look, Cyborg's a beast. Um, in Brazil, but... I'm hoping that the weight cut at 140, which she has fought at 140, but I'm hoping the weight cut affects her and she's weak and Leslie wins. <laughs> yeah, I was going to um, say, what's a side bet on how uh, what, what are the odds she makes weight or not? I really hope that if she does not make weight, Leslie does not fight. That's... Uh, and, and you know what? It's bullshit. 
like if someone doesn't make weight and you don't fight, I don't think you get paid, correct? Mm-mm. See, that's, that's, that's bullshit. You that's might the, get show money. They, they should give her money because they, they should not force someone to go in there. If you make weight and your opponent doesn't, you should get the money and the win bonus. And I'm not saying like buy like a half a pound, okay? If it's more than two and a half pounds, maybe three pounds. It's anything over the given one pound, unless it's a No, if fight. it's a pound and a half and it doesn't make weight, I could see you could say oh, it's only a pound and a half. Three, yeah, three pounds, I think you should, you shouldn't have to fight. And I think you should get to pay Because if Cyborg comes in at one, you know, 45 or, or 147, which I think she will, she, Leslie shouldn't have to fight that. Uh, I like Leslie. She wants to be a comic. She's cool as shit. She's like a hippie chick. I, I, I she's fun. I, it's going to be hard to win this fight against Cyborg. I mean, this girl hits like a fucking mule. But I'm still going to bet on her because I, I don't like money. All right, go. Um, Leslie's only been knocked out once, and it was a TKO doctor stoppage against Jessica. I, I think and her if, ear exploded. Yeah, she, yeah, yeah. That was, yeah. Um, I think if she can get Cyborg maybe out of the first round, round and a half, she's got a better shot. But if she tries to get in there and exchange with her, oh, it's gonna be, her head's going to be in the third and, row. And that's the way she fights, too. Which is, well, she which wants is, to get into a scrap. But you know what? Leslie's one of those girls, and from talking to her and having her on the show and stuff, you realize that she's more she's fight intelligent. So I don't think she's going to go in there and play Cyborg's game plan. But she's also Cyborg fought better girls. You if you look at their— No, of course. Of no, I'm course. saying, like, Leslie's fought better people. I know. I'm saying, of course. Yeah. But she's had she's been in an organization that provides better competition. I'm not saying, but she has the better resume, definitely, definitely. So I mean, the best person that Cyborg, Cyborg has fought has been Gina Carano. Yeah, I, I got Cyborg though. I, I, I can't go against her. Yeah, Tyler. Uh, yeah, she's I mean, she's been on our podcast, Tyler. Okay, <laughs> I she's know. a friend of the show. I thought we weren't disclaiming here we with are. who we like. Okay, fuck that. When it comes to Leslie, it I'm betting on Leslie. Week. Leslie's winning, and I'm putting money on her. Okay. If somebody answers, yeah, yeah. If somebody answers, uh, uh, yeah. I uh, all right. Next I fight, think, <laughs> you don't want to hear my no, answer. No, I don't want to hear your answer. Okay, next I won't get it. Corey Anderson. I think Shogun needs to retire. Um, the thing about Corey though is his wins have all been by uh, by unanimous decision. No, he has a couple. He has a he finished the he ultimate like, fighter finale with yeah, a knockout. Yeah, yeah. He has a one or but not that many. His last three wins, he got a chin though. Tom Lawler hurt him. He came back. I was at that fight. People thought Tom won that fight, but. They gave it to Corey. You think Corey wins this fight? I think Corey wins this fight. He's taller. He's rangier. And Shogun, dude. The only it's, thing it's, is, the only thing that I'm worried about with Corey Anderson is that Brazilian crowd, because when you have when you're a Brazilian fighter and you have how many people are going to be in this thing? I think it's like forty five thousand. Forty five thousand people, Brazilians screaming. These people are going to impeach their own president this week. There's a, they have their first female president in Brazil. You guys know this? Nope. No. She, they're, they're uprising right now and taking her out of office because on, on like corruption charges. It's, just, it's a place. The Brazilians are very passionate people. Oh, you mean, and, uh, ooh, vai morrer. You know, yeah, they're crazy. You will die. You're going to yeah, die. They chant, you will die. They're like, let's go Mets is you will die. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> they're, yeah. they're, they're nuts. And that's my only fear of a guy like Corey Anderson, who has fought in Vegas and fought in this, but a, a kind of a prelim fighter. Uh, and then you go in there against a Brazilian. That's why I was actually happy that Uriah Hall's fight got canceled because I'm a big Uriah Hall fan. Mm-hmm. And I really, and his, his mental, sometimes his biggest problem has never been physical. It's mental. 
and, definitely. And, you know, Uriah Hall goes up against Anderson Silva in Brazil. And it could go either way. Either he's the best Uriah Hall ever or he just fucking folds, you know? Yeah. And uh, I was a little nervous for him. So I was kind of happy in a way that that fight got. I wanted to see the fight, but as a friend of Uriah Hall, I'm like, I don't know, man. Fighting Anderson Silva in Brazil is a fucking tall task. Yeah. Because when you have all those people behind you, you can fight out of your head. And you can put on a much better performance. Tyler, you know that. We've seen shitty comedians kill in really hot crowds. Yeah. Uh, if I ever got to perform in a so- soccer stadium in Brazil, uh, I think it would go really well. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, man. I appreciate it. I, do, I just don't see Shogun... I don't see him winning in any in any way. All right, so Corey Anderson, I I think Corey should win, but I'm a little nervous about the Brazilian uh, aspect of it. Tyler, yeah, um, I got to go with Corey. I think he's uh, I think he's on the way up, and I think who is maybe on the way down. Um, I know you think he's on the way down. <laughs> he's 75 years old. Yeah. Hey man, no. 73. <laughs> uh, he's he's just been so spotty lately. I mean, it's like he'll like win one, drop two, win yeah. one, drop two. You know, and. Uh, I just think we, we've got a changing of the guard going on here. I, I mean, I, I think who is a tough dude, but um, I think Corey gets it. By the way, you see that 72-year-old grandma that's fights? Yeah, we talked about that. You talked about She's that? 68. 68-year-old grandmother doing MMA. You got her ass kicked by this like hot little Asian girl. But like, what? who's doing this? Who's What sanctioning body is saying, you know what? Yes, this is a fair fight. We're going to have 68-year-old grandmothers fight. I think this this speaks to some degree about like we have the, we're in the society now where like I'm sure people are like isn't it great that she's doing this? Look at this lady. No. This is so great for it's her. It's not great. <laughs> and that's my point is that there there's a point where you go, "Oh, this is fantastic, but we don't need to sanction no, this." No, and honestly, you know, and like, she can spar me, on the weekends. Part of me thinks that like you know, like there was a thing where uh who was it that got tapped to uh, uh one of the fighters. It was a real it was a real nice thing. I think it was uh Nate Quarry when he lost to a kid who had like Down syndrome or something, and like yeah, 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 and and, and he they put him in there, and the Down syndrome beat him, and it was like it was sweet, it was sweet, it was nice, it was yeah. So you're saying at the same time that kid now is gonna think he could beat UFC fighters. <laughs> that and, kid now is still fighting, and he's gonna go out there and get the crap beaten out of him. Hopefully not by somebody because he he was lied to, yeah, and uh you know and, and told. Then told you that, by the way, Monday we have a girl on though. Uh, we have a girl who has autism, who is a, a fighter, and she's undefeated. She's she's cool as hell. Uh, she's gonna be on our podcast, uh, and uh, so yeah, we have her on Monday. I'm really excited to have her on, and she says that she loves fighting because it helps with her autism. And uh, and I'm really excited to talk to this girl. I, she came to a couple of my shows. She, I, I met her in Vegas, and she was super. I don't want to remember. I met her in Vegas. Serena Southpaw is her name. She trains with Misha Tate. Trains Serena, with, uh, really? Yeah. I, I hung out with her the other day. She was telling me she definitely wants to come on. Yeah, yeah, That's we're, awesome. We're, we're getting gonna, her on. We're having her on Monday, so I'm excited to have. She's a sweetheart. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, all you, uh, I actually didn't even know that about her. Does she have autism? Yeah. That's because you think that's because you have it too. Probably nice. Do you do you have a slight autism or no? No. Oh, I'm just it was just strange. Just strange. Okay. <laughs> was a, but thanks for pointing out no something. No problem. You know. Yeah. My parents would be like, "How does he know?" And you don't. Oh, that's funny. So right now we are calling Derek Brunson, and uh, Derek Brunson is a badass fighter. He's got a big fight coming up. Hello? Hello, is this Derek Brunson? 
Yeah, what's up, man? What's up, man? You're in the MMA Roasted Podcast. It's me, Adam Hunter. I'm here with uh, CB Gold and as well as Tyler Bow. Derek Brunson, you are a monster. How's it going, buddy? Good, man. Chilling out. Just playing some Classic Clans, watching TV. What are you playing? Classic Clans. You play it? No, I don't know what that is. What's, what's, what is that? What's, what's Quacks and Clans? Adam's not hip to uh, video Clash games. Oh, Clash of... Oh, okay. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah, yeah, Nice. Now, now, Derek uh, and me hung out in uh, South Carolina, came to my show, drove an hour to come see me. It, it was awesome meeting you, man. Um, you're, you're, you're a really good dude. Are you still in South Carolina right now, or are you, are you over at uh, Jackson's? No, I'm still in North Carolina right now. Um, I head out to Jackson's in about two weeks. Nice. Now, I think you are the dark horse of the division. I'm not saying that because you're black. You're very black. <laughs> but, uh, but, but you are... I, I believe you're the guy. I mean, you're on a four fight winning streak. You've been just smashing people. Uh, Sam Alvey, Rowan Canero, Ed Herman, Lorenz Larkin. Uh, Larkin was, a, was a, I mean, you've just been smashing people the last, the last four fights. You've been killing people. Do you think you're underrated and not appreciated enough? Um, yeah, for sure. But, you know, it's all about just keep smashing people and then the rest will take care of itself. Uh, I think that's the important, the important thing right now. It's not the fourth fights in a row it's the way that i've been doing it so yeah, yeah I, i'll just keep that up but take notice i do get nervous though because sometimes when you have guys hurt you get really excited and then you just start throwing crazy punches and i get nervous that you're going to get caught with one coming in or that you're going to gas out is that ever a, 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 a concern for you no nah, i'm definitely not going to gas out when um when I go into training camp, I put a lot into it, so that's not even an option as far as gassing out. I know what I'm doing, you know. I know what I'm able to do as far as my cardio, and also, you know, when I get a guy hurt, you know, they're pretty much a wounded duck, so they really can't punch back. Stand when it comes to martial arts. If you hurt a guy, if you got a guy going back, if a guy's on his heels, then they can't, you know, put as much power on their punches. So I'm not too concerned with that either. So you don't believe in the saying a wounded animal is most dangerous? Uh, it depends who wound them. When I wound them, they ain't dangerous. <laughs> <laughs> nice, nice, nice. Now you wanted to fight Uriah Hall this week. Uh did that did that almost happen or no? Um uh, I don't know. I wouldn't say it almost happened. I just kind of volunteered my services and uh, they weren't were not granted, so yeah, that was that. Nice, nice, nice. Now, when you go over to Jackson's, uh, is John Jones your main sparring partner, or, or who's your main sparring partner? I'll train with John occasionally, but uh, I don't know. Um, guys around my weight, we have a lot of guys, even guys from, like, Ireland, guys from UK, all, all across the world, you know, even for other places in North Carolina that come there, and we just kind of, like, assemble and train, you know. I'll, I'll train with a couple of guys, and if I like the way they spar, then I'll try to frequent those guys. And, um, you know, um, last time I was there, Carlos kind of was getting back in the gym. So, you know, he, he, he's available. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's a lot of good guys out there. Did you train with Yoel when he came down to help John? No, nah, I was in uh, North Carolina, so I didn't train with Yoel. Okay. <laughs> was it, is it Yoel? Or, is it Yoel or Yoel? <laughs> Nice. But by the way, you're you're low key very funny. That's why I always when I when I did those fake t uh, fighting chats, text chats, I always I always think that people don't realize how funny you are. You're just a big wise ass. Uh, but you could back it up. You could fight too. So I guess it's that's a probably a good thing. Um, yeah. Yeah. Just yeah. Hello. 
Yeah, I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. Now, are, uh, how's everything going with the girls? You still smashing tons of thick white chicks? Hey, man, I don't know what you're talking about, man. <laughs> That's the word on the street. The word on the street is that you are just running through chicks in North Car- in, uh, in North Carolina. Is this is this true or not? Uh, like I said, man, I don't know what you're talking about. All right, Last okay. Time I tried- For the ladies, I got in a lot of trouble, and I'm a single man. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, you, so you're a single man now? Single, man. I'm single. I'm just, you know, focusing on my career, focusing on my kids, you know. I'm busy, so, you know, yeah, single. Nice. So who do you like this? We're going to go through some of the fights this week. We went through a couple of them so far. You like King Mo or Phil Davis? That's an interesting one. That's an interesting one. I'm not, I'm not sure. It depends who can impose their will. I like both guys, so um, I definitely think that's an interesting fight you got there. But um, I don't know, man. That's a tough one. That's a tough one to call. Who do you want to win? Who I want to win? Oh, I really don't care. I like both guys. So, uh, yeah, it doesn't, doesn't really matter to me. Should be a good fight because they both got good wrestling. Uh, they're both, I mean, I think Moe's probably got better hands. But Phil's, you know, Phil's got some, Phil's got some pretty good hands. So. Yeah, yeah. Phil's pretty, you know, um, pretty athletic. You know, he's got both of them, like you said, have good wrestling um, Mo hands might be a little more advanced. Um, have to give the power advantage to Mo. I might have to give the wrestling um, just with the dexterity and you know um, fluidness to fill. But um, yeah, I mean it's, it's a great matchup on paper. Right, right, right. And then uh, and then as far as uh, you like um, for the main event, you like Verdum or Stipe for the main event in the uh, UFC. Um. <laughs> well, okay. Me and me and Verdum have the same manager, so I was trying to be a little biased. But I don't know. Verdum's pretty nasty, you know. He might. I can see him catching submission. I can see him, you know, uh, stringing together some punches. I can see him winning the decision. Um, but Stipe's been rolling lately, you know. But uh, who knows? I don't know. I'll take Verdum. Okay, and then uh, as far as Vitor Belfort against Jacare. I'm feel. I mean, I think like the popular pick is Jocker Ray, but I got this weird feeling that Vitor might pull it off. You know? No, I yeah. I mean, the only thing about Vitor is ever since TRT became illegal, it's not been the same Vitor Belfort. You know? Oh no, for sure, definitely not. Now so, you got the pod and everything. Yeah, yeah. Now, how many guys uh, have ever approached you and they were like, "Hey, man, Derek, you're a good fighter, but I can make you much better. Uh, well, you want to try some drugs or TRT? <laughs> sounds or like an after-school or, special. Has that ever happened to you? Nah, nobody ever tried that stupid stuff with me because I talk about steroid heads so much that I guess they'll feel uncomfortable doing so. Nice. So yeah, nobody ever like approaching me with that. And I'm from North Carolina. We don't. We don't. It's not very popular down here. Everybody just kind of, you know, work out, go to the beach. You won't see any like Miami like. Meat. His juice hands just walking around all swole for no reason. Do you think that Yoel was on stuff when he fought you? Hell yeah. What you mean? <laughs> <laughs> he was like, oh, one day I'm just going to just, uh, I think it'd be a good time right now to try some steroids. Hell yeah. I mean, does that bother you? Uh, no, I don't care. It's whatever. Uh, I don't know. It would bother me. It would bother me. I mean, because I know, like, I mean, you, you've lost three fights in your career, right? You've lost to, uh, 
Yeah, y'all, you, you've lost to um, Jacare and Kendall Grove. And Kendall Grove. The Kendall Grove, I think you won that fight. It was a very close fight. So really, you only lost two fights in your career. Um, hey, man, stop. If that fight wasn't close. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so you beat Kendall Grove. So you've lost two fights. And, and one of the guys that you lost to... Uh, you know, shit is, his pants. Is, is the shit his pants and then took steroids. And that's got to piss you off, no? Yeah, uh, it's whatever, you know. Uh, I don't know. It's been frustrating sometimes, but um, me as a fighter, I kind of know the truth. Like, okay, Kendall Grove, I mean, no disrespect to him, but he damn sure didn't beat me. I mean, I probably should have won 30-27. It wasn't pretty. I took it on three days' notice, which wasn't the smartest thing to do. But, yeah, I definitely didn't lose that fight. Jocker Ray, he got lucky. I was fighting for like a year, a little over a year, and I'm fighting a guy who was a former champ. You know, he's been fighting for all these years. He took his lumps. He got knocked. He got knocked out before, but he, he grew from that. You know, but I'm a fresh young guy. You know, coming into MMA, and I fought him, and I just ran right at him, and he caught me. And then you know, Yoel, I was dominating him the whole time, and he caught me. You know, with like a minute and some change left. So, um, I just keep everything in perspective. You know, I really, I really don't feel like, I mean. I've lost, but I felt like um, maybe like, especially with the Jacare fight, I took it too fast. You know, you got a lot of guys being protected. Like, look at, for instance, Sage Northcutt, you know? Yeah. If Sage would have been <laughs> in or like Robbie Lawler, let's say, let's, uh, let's not even use, let's say, let's say Roy McDonald or since he fought 70 last time, let's say Roy McDonald, his third fight, he would have lost. I mean, for sure, but that's too much too fast. So I just looked at, you know, with the Jacare fight, that was, too green for that fight, you know? Right. So, yeah, it's just, it's whatever. Yeah, but you've gotten so much better. I mean, you, you're, 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 I think, I mean, I think you can hang with anybody in the division, honestly, anybody. Uh, so, and it's, it, you know, I think you're, you're, you're right there. Now, you and John Jones are good buddies. Do you ever, like, take John aside and say, listen, man, you're, you're a great fighter, but stop driving? <laughs> <laughs> But hey, man, you know you can't be speeding. Now. You know speeding is so long. Yeah, nah, man. I mean, God does what He wants. You know, uh, I, I don't. I don't really have any control over that. You know, I wish. I wish. I wish John nothing but the best. You know, especially when it comes to making good decisions and understanding that a lot of lights and attention is him. So you know, right. he has to do the right thing even that much harder and even better and smarter. You know, so. Um. Yeah. Um, now, is it true that Arsenio Hall sold John's drugs? Because that's people are saying that <laughs> that's the word on the street that Arsenio. Now, I mean, things that make you go. Yeah. Mm. Now, is I mean, but you got to say, like, I mean, you you don't do any drugs, right? You don't smoke pot. You don't do coke. You don't do ecstasy or mollies, right? A girl's drugs, man. Cause yeah. <laughs> that's the one thing, right? The one thing that you have problems with is just chicks. I mean, you just yeah, yeah. I don't do. Never have. Never now, been my thing. Now, where do you meet most of these girls? Is it off, off like, are you, are you on Tinder? Are you on Bumble? Black people meet? Farmers only? Where, where, no. where, do, you, where do you get these chicks from? Farmersonly.com. What you mean? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. For real. Are you Why on Farmers you Only? Yeah, man. You, you, you're not? No. I mean, no, you're from North Carolina. I know that there's a lot of farms there, right? That seems like a pretty farm, farmish kind of place. <laughs> No, nah, man, we don't have farms here, man. That's like it. <laughs> so where do you meet most nah, of these chicks? I'm just, I'm just 
What what chicks, man? What are you talking Come about? Come on, dude. Derek Brunson, the word on the street is that you first first people were saying that you used to bang Julie Kedzie. That was a, that was a big rumor for a while. I'm just kidding about that. I, I just completely made that up. No, but but the word on the street is is, is that you know I, I saw you in, in South Carolina, man. You just you have that thing about you that just any you you just you're 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 just a big ass man. Like I could see there were chicks walking in front of you, and your 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 eyes were going towards their ass. And I'm like, dude, this dude gets tons of pussy, and uh, that's got to be true, correct? Yeah, I don't know. I'd do all right. I'd do all right. <laughs> nice. Now, all right. The, now the, but the first time you came on the show, you said you don't eat vagina. You said that that's not your thing. <laughs> you, you don't eat vagina. That, now, have, have have things changed since then or no? Oh, man, it's still the same. So, no, now, do girls get mad at you for that? Because I know that I've... A lot of times, like, if a girl has a smelly vagina and she goes down on me and I'll be like, eh, and they're like, no, I went down on you. And I'm like, all right. Do the girls ever get frustrated with you? Um, no, no. You know, when you got a little clout about yourself, girls tend to overlook certain things, you know? Like, no. You should hear all the random dumb stuff girls say to me. I'm like, really? Like, come on. Are you giving me, you're giving me this because I'm an athlete, you know? You, Right. So yeah, I, I they let me slide with some things uh, because you're very well hung, is what you're saying. Like because you're huge cock, girls are like it's okay as long as they me. You said, right. <laughs> you're crazy, man. All right, thanks, man. Well, listen, that's our that's our, listen, listen, uh, Derek Brunson. You got to fight against Musasi. You're fighting Musasi, probably the toughest fight in your career. This dude is 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 a beast. Uh, how do you plan on beating this dude? The same way I beat everybody else, just going in there, putting hands on them, getting them out of there real quick. Uh, and if it doesn't go real quick, that's cool. I'm just going to win a decision, you know. Um, like you said something about, you know, over, like, winging punches, blah, blah, blah. You know, I know when I have a guy hurt, so, you know, I, that's never going to stop. That's the killer instinct in me. But at times when I need to be technical and just, you know, set up and be patient until I find my opening. I'm okay with doing that also. So, yeah, I'll just be looking at just keep it the same fight as um, I've been doing, you know. Just now, going there, training hard, and getting guys out of there. Now, when and where is this fight? Uh, July 9th in Vegas at UFC 200. I'll be there. I'm going to be at that fight. Are you having an after party? Uh, I'm not sure yet. Come on. Sure come on. We got, we got to go at an after party, dude. Are you crazy? We got to celebrate. No, right. I'll set it up. I'll set up your after party for you. I promise. I, I swear to God, I will do it. Put me in charge. Um, I don't know, man. I'm gonna have to get back to you. On no, that. no. We will have porn stars there. We'll have oh, strippers man. there. It'll be great. I'm telling you, it'll be the biggest after party out of all. It'll just be tons of chicks, ring girls. Let's do it. I saw a. Hey, I saw you got some, like porn star connection <laughs> going on. What's up with that? I used to <laughs> work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I used to work at the at the Playboy Channel. I was the warm up comedian for night calls, so I met all the porn stars then. So I, I I've kept in touch with them over the over the years, and uh, the you know the ones that are still alive, uh, I'm like friends with. So um, <laughs> God. Well, listen, Derek, it's a pleasure to have you on the show. Huge fan of yours. Can't wait for you to beat Musasi after party in Vegas, UFC 200. I can't wait, dude. Yeah, buddy. Let's go. Thanks, brother. Take care. All right, CP. All right. That was Derek Brunson. Your thoughts? 
seems like a cool guy. <laughs> he seemed a little apprehensive about you setting up his after party. <laughs> Thoughts he made? I love Derek. I've, I've hung out with Derek a few times. Good guy. Super nice guy. I think he's going to murk Musasi. You think so? I think he's just going to run. Dude, Derek is, is his, his slope, like his gradient of getting better, he just like... It's yeah. like straight up. It's not like a slow, gradual pace. He just like he keeps showing up and he tears it up, doing very well. Musasi, we've seen he's been folding lately. I think Brunson runs through him. I think he could finish him ground and pound. I he's agree. Musasi is a tough dude, but he's also uh, can be a slow starter. And Derek is definitely not a slow starter. Not at all. So uh, he's got his last three or first round finishes. So all right, so let's call uh, Chris Weidman right now. The former UFC champion, the guy that beat Anderson Silva twice, uh, and now he's fighting for his belt back. UFC 199 in LA against Luke Rockhold. By the way, guys, we have Russell Peters just joined us in studio. Hello, is this Chris Weidman? This is he. You're on the MMA Roasted Podcast. It's me, Adam Hunter. I'm here with Tyler Bowe and the great Russell Peters. How are you, man? I am awesome. Besides, I have... Terrible news. I'm at 1%. I don't have a charger in my car, and I'm going to be home in five minutes. Oh, God. So I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know if you want to continue talking right now. Yeah, well, take the chance of it hanging up. We'll and t- then, or, I don't Yeah, well, do you think? I think we should keep talking right now. And Until then your phone taps out. Until your phone taps out, <laughs> and then we will try you again in five minutes, right, when you get home? Perfect. Yeah, I'm getting off on my exit literally in one mile, yeah. and then just run in, put on a charger. So how are you, man? How's it going? Uh, I'm good, man. Just just got done training. Uh, got some food on the way back home. Yeah. That's it. I mean, I'm, That's I'm, my I'm, life. It's all right, man. I mean, how are you? Just uh, like dreaming about getting your belt back? Is it? Is it just the one thing on your mind right now? Uh, yeah, pretty much, man. I mean. Uh, yeah, that's. I mean, that, that's obviously what I'm. What I'm training. I'm, I mean, I've been training like an animal, and um, I'm more focused than ever, for sure. Um, but dreaming about my belt. Please turn right. Um, I mean, it's not happen every night, but I'm. I'm more focused on every single workout, you know. And uh, and if I just focus on every single workout, the belt will come. So. I mean, is this the best you've ever felt in your life? Uh, yeah, uh, this is the best camp I've ever had. This is the best I've ever felt, the best shape I've ever been in. Um, you know, I, it's the longest camp I've ever done. I did a 12-week camp as opposed to my uh, last two fight camps for six weeks. So, um, um, twice the man I used to be. <laughs> now, I mean, do you think and, that you're the uh, kind of guy, do you think you're the kind of guy, Chris, that, like, needs that in some ways? You kind of need that? Like, like you said, in college, you know, you, you took fourth in the country, but it, but it kind of bothered you, so that's why you got into MMA, because you weren't satisfied. Do you think, like, Anderson Silva, the first time you beat him, people said it was a fluke, so you had to beat him again, where you think you're the kind of guy that does better on the rematch? Uh, I mean, I think, you, you, what did you take, fourth in the state? No, I took third. I took third in that. So it's not getting twisted. I, I don't know. Maybe you're confusing yourself with me. But, right. Uh, uh, yeah, 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 but I took third. Yeah, and no, yeah, definitely, you know, I got, um, you know, obviously I want to be number one. You know, I was there. I was doing it. Uh, and then I I lost it. And now I'm just doing anything I possibly can to, to get back there. By the way, last time you came on the show, you did not believe 
that I was a four-time New England Class A champion prep school. So I, um, I talked to Tom Ryan, and he said we will do a conference call uh, in the upcoming future with me, you, and him. And he, and he, and he will tell you uh, how good I was in high school. Just, just, just so you know. That's, uh, well, that's, well, why don't you just get him, why don't you just get him on the phone now and you do it now? Because I don't think I believe you. Do you have his number? After a quarter, I got his number. So, all right. Well, why don't you tell me his number? Can we actually do this? Yes. Oh, you're yes. gonna be so. Yes. Here, here, give me his number, and I'll like bleep it out, and then Sean will call him, and we will we will talk to him right now. Oh, he got oh, cut fuck. off. Oh, now. see, see, <laughs> that's what I'm saying. We're gonna do that when he gets back on the air. We're gonna call my. See what happened was. I'll tell you guys just so you know. Tom Ryan, I went to his wrestling camp. Uh, and in Hofstra University when I was a, a junior and a senior and he gave me a scholarship to Hofstra because I, I had beaten a couple college kids that were on the team. And I told Chris this last time and he did not, and Chris went to Hofstra under Tom Ryan yeah. and Chris does not believe me. Uh, he thinks I'm making it all up. It's all complete bullshit. So we will call Tom Ryan and uh, when we Hopefully get back. he remembers Did you. anyone else notice that he said he was on his way home and he was using GPS? Yes, yes <laughs> maybe, I did notice that. Maybe been punched yeah. in the head. I, I did notice that. Half a mile turn left, I yeah. heard it. And I was like, like yeah. maybe he doesn't know his own way home. Yeah. I'll New gym, Chris? <laughs> I'll be honest, My, my uh, where my parents live, when I first learned how to drive, I had to sometimes GPS my way home because it's tough to get there. So yeah. you never know. Did he just get a new house? That is very strange. Uh, now, Russell Peters yeah. is here. By the way, Russell is one of the biggest uh, comedians in the world. Um, he... He he sells out all over the all over Canada, all over the U.S., wait, 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 all over just, India. Uh, let's just say the world. The world. Yeah. You're, 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 it's get, actually the world. Are you the third biggest comic in the world? I'm the biggest comic in the world, but I'm maybe in America. I'm lower on the list. In the world, you're the biggest comic. I would I would I would dare to say so. I wouldn't I wouldn't mark cement that in in stone or anything. But you know, but but definitely I I'm the first to have done all the places in the world that I did. That's a pretty amazing. Yeah, that's pretty cool. So I know. I mean, do you know in India, right? Which is where your parents are from, India. Correct. Can you walk down the street? Do you get mobbed or no? No, no. Because there's a you got to figure there's 1.3 billion people over there. I just blend. That's in. just a bigger mob. <laughs> yeah, I mean, well, you, yeah, no, your- <laughs> you got to figure. Uh, maybe say one percent speaks English. Okay, that's uh, that's still a high number, but you're not going to see all one percent. Because I used to work on cruise ships, and right. uh, and a lot of Indians worked on the cruise ships. And they would have Russell Peters night where they would like their movies. They would come to watch. That was like posters like, oh, Wednesday night, Russell Peters. And they would all come <laughs> watch you on the cruise ships. And then I would show them pictures of me and you and they would like flip out. Like I had just showed them. Pictures you became their best friend. Yes. Yes. Did yeah. you get laid from that? No, uh, I did not get laid That's at all. First. From, but no, yes. not from an Indian chick. It's not going to happen. Yeah. <laughs> is it? Is it right that they, they take some more longer time to put out? Correct. Or? Yeah. And then it, when you get it, it's nine times out of 10. Not that great. Really? Yeah. How many how many Indian chicks have you slept with? Um, quite a few. Yes, I, I would say might be in triple digits. But wow, just Indians. Yeah, yeah, that's not including real women too. Oh, wow. I mean, like other other women is what I meant to say. Are you are you, are you single now? Are you married or? No, I got a girl. She lives with me. Oh, nice. Yeah. But go. Hegan brought his really beautiful uh, niece with him, so I'm considering uh, breaking up with my girlfriend. <laughs> I don't blame you. Uh, we have Hegan Machado in studio, who's Russell's jiu-jitsu coach. Yeah. Uh, as well as a, what, eight-time world, what's your, eight-time world champion. Almost as much as Hanato Laranja. Uh, oh, but no. He's, he's, who's a 27-time <laughs> world champion. 27-time. Yes. Damn. Yeah, but he, Hegan is up there. Um, oh, Hanato's your teacher. Hanato is Hegan's teacher. 
<laughs> yes. Uh, now you take jujitsu? Yeah, I gotta go train with uh, Hegan. How, how often? I, not that often, because uh, he's been away doing seminars. So. And then you box as well. Yeah, yeah. I've been training at Robert Garcia's gym a lot. Oh, and, uh, and, uh, in Oxnard. Oh wow. Because I live in Malibu, so it's close to me. Nice. Yeah. And uh, but then you also like spar with like Lennox Lewis before. No, no, never sparred with Lennox. Oh, just friends. I've just with known him for thirty years. Oh, nice. Yeah, but and I would not. Are you crazy? <laughs> and you just got back from watching Amir Khan. I was at the fights this weekend. Oof. <laughs> Collar pull. Now, what, what was that like? Well, you know, I had a bunch of friends on that card, or you know, I had Amir headlining it, and then I had Glenn Tapia on the undercard. And as you know, both my friends lost that night. Wow. Uh, one by uh, Freddie threw in the towel, and uh, the other one, well, Amir. You know, but Amir was doing well before that. I mean, we both said that 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 was the way it was going to go. But I, uh, you know, I saw what Canelo was doing because I, I, we all know you can outbox Canelo until he hits you. Once he hits you, it's good night. Yeah, uh, if he hits you clean, especially as clean as he hit Amir. Um, but what he kept doing from the first round was he would uh, throw a right hand to the left side of Amir's body and start to get red after a little while. And no matter how much, you know, jabbing Amir is doing, if he's getting caught in that same spot all night, eventually you're going to want to drop your hand to protect it. And the second he dropped his hand to protect it, boom, came overhand right, and it was good night. Damn. So now hanging out with Amir afterwards, what was he? He was in good spirits, you know. I mean, he was like, yeah, man, I got caught. It's It was it was, it was was a high probability. <laughs> <You know? laughs> it's hard to stay away from a guy for, for 36 minutes and yeah. not get hit in the chin, Yeah, you know. Uh, unless you're Floyd Mayweather, then that makes you a special kind of person. Plus, he was $10 million richer, correct? I think 13 or something. Like $13 million. Something good. It was a good amount of money. I would get knocked out for $13 million. Yeah. Yeah, I think we all would. What's up, guys? Chris Lightman here. Hey, Chris, how's it going? You're back on the podcast. How are you, buddy? I'm good. Sorry about that, guys. No, no worries. No worries. So do you want to call Tom Ryan for real? Because we will actually call him to prove my high school wrestling credentials. Do we have to? Uh, hang on, hang on. Dude, how do we do this? Do I just give you his number on there? No, no, give me his number. We're not live. We will edit out the number, and we will call him up. Okay. All right. We're going to talk to How embarrassing is it going to be if he doesn't even remember you? (laughs) That is a a very good chance. Uh, That's what I said to him, funny enough. I can't wait. I can't wait. That is a very good chance. Yeah. When he when you, when you call him into the radio station, I want to be the one to talk first. Because okay. I don't want to be. I don't want to hear you get embarrassed. I want to introduce him to you. No, no problem. No <laughs> problem. But my name is Adam Greenberg. So he'll know me as Adam Greenberg. Just so you know. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> oh, now you now you using somebody else's no, name. No, I'm not. I'm not. I swear to God. <laughs> Adam Hunter is my stage name. Hunter's his middle all, name, isn't it? All of a sudden, all of a sudden, you you went full Jewish. You, no, you were half Jewish. Yeah. Now you're full Jewish. My real name is Brett Metcalf. Just so you know, Brett Metcalf <laughs> is my real name. I hope he answers. This is awesome. I'm telling you, Tom drove me to wrestling camp. I'm going to let you talk. All right. He ain't going to pick up. Please pick up. <laughs> Hello there. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Hi, it's Tom Ryan. Tom's a current coach at, <laughs> at Ohio State. Your call has been forwarded to an automated voice. Uh, All right, we'll have to do this next time. Uh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Now, yeah. Uh, so... But the jury's still out. So, now, back to you, Chris. Now, listen... I had heard, Chris, your last fight. Talk tell, to me. Talk tell me to this me. True. I heard you broke your foot mm-hmm. about two months out for your last fight. But you were on the pay-per-view with Conor McGregor. 
So you had no, you were getting pay-per-view points. So you knew that if you fought, you were going to get about three to five million dollars. So you were like, fuck it. I'm going to fight. <laughs> I'm going to fight with a broken foot and I still can beat this guy. And that's why you weren't at a hundred percent. Is this true? There is uh, some validity to what you're saying. Uh, so let me just clear some things up. Number one, I, like I said, I did a six-week camp in the first in the first week of the six-week camp, which wouldn't be two months. I broke broke my foot in two places. Uh, so that so that's the truth. Uh, me being uh, on the same card as Connor and the favorite point thing was definitely huge. Um, was it three to five million dollars? Hell no. I wish it was, but no, uh, not close. But it was a significant. It was, it was it was good money, so it was definitely something that played in my mind was I am not pulling off this card. I've fought with broken things before, and I'm going to get through it. Gotcha, gotcha. Okay, that's uh, thank you for being honest. Because uh, I was like, that's why. But if it wasn't, if you were on that fight with Conor McGregor, you would have pulled out. I don't know. I don't know, man. I don't know. But uh, I don't know. Hmm. Let's put it like this: the fact is that during the camp, I couldn't wrestle. I couldn't. I couldn't do like footwork. I couldn't do sprints. I couldn't do like cardio. I was pretty much the only cardio I could do was on the bike. So I was held back a lot, but I've, I've taken short nervous fights. I've done, I've taken fights with broken ribs and I've had broken hands and, you know, and I figured out a way to win. And at the end of the day, I went in there to beat the guy and, and I lost. Um, I just think my training wasn't, wasn't, uh, close to where it should have been against a guy like Luke, but I still thought I could go out there and beat him. Right now. Do you really not like Luke or is that sort of just an act? Because it seems like you guys don't like each other. Um, you know, you know, I try to be nice to him, man, but he's just so—he's—he really is just like very smug, and um, he just thinks he's the man. You know, good for him. He won the belt for me. Uh, he's taken this whole cocky, smug little attitude to another level for sure. Like if you're around him long enough, you'll—you'll you'll, you kind of know what I mean. But you know, I—I uh, mean. I, I don't like to, I don't really know if I hate anybody. Um, I don't care that much about them to hate them, but I, um, I don't, I don't really like to be around them at this point. Um, you know, we had to do some media together out in LA and wasn't, it wasn't like super exciting to be sitting near him and, and to, to be around him and to hear him talking and it's just, uh, his ego. So, but you know, whatever. This fight's going to be great, man. I, I'm really looking forward to this fight. I mean, if you hadn't thrown that, that kick in the third, who knows how that fight would have, would have, what, what would have went down. It was a very like, what if kind of thing. But I just, I think a healthy you and a healthy Luke is just a, it's just a battle. It's a, it's a battle. And, uh, yeah, it's fuck, man. It's going to be a great fight. Now, uh, coming home, was it, was the, how did, how did, how did your kids react? And like your wife, were they, did they even care? I mean, were they, you know, your daddy to them, but was it, was it awkward at all? Is it awkward asking this question? Yes. And, and sounding like, and trying to and kind of like fumbling over your words. I was, <laughs> you're such a dick, man. I swear to God, try to be nice. And yeah, no, but seriously. <laughs> Um, did my family care? Of I'm course, not, my not, family not that they cared. care, but was it like sometimes, like when my, a friend of mine loses a fight, I don't know what to say. I, that's always awkward when your friend loses a fight. You know, it's always awkward. Yeah, but it, it's yeah, but we're not just talking that. I mean, my wife, she's been through uh, a lot with me. She's seen me lose before, but in uh, like wrestling and stuff like that. Obviously, this is different. Uh, she's she's a grown person with a with a uh, a mature brain i guess so she could figure out ways to deal with awkwardness and be there to support me 
But when you got a, a three-year-old and a five-year-old who, um, you know, they're, they're used to their daddy always winning and being a champion and being undefeated. And the, the, the thought of me losing is uh, just something that they'd never even, uh, it's never crossed their mind. That was definitely hard for me because I, my, my wife didn't tell them. They woke up in the morning and they were all excited to, to celebrate me thinking I won the fight. And, and my wife kind of didn't tell them that she wanted to wait, wait, for, <laughs> wait for me to tell them. And I think as they came into the room and seen me with sunglasses on and my face all beat up, it was a, it was a telling sign that uh, Chris and or daddy didn't win the fight. And it was, it was definitely a little emotional for me to, to explain how, how I lost. And they just didn't get it at first. What do you mean you lost? How, why? Why? And, and so it was definitely emotional to explain uh, to my kids. But then, like, you know, two, three, four, five seconds later, they they were on to, uh, you know, Daddy, it's okay. You'll beat them next time. And, <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, and, um, and, and then they're worried about the next toy that they could get. So <laughs> it's okay. And the grand scheme of things, people are like children. People have short-term memories, and um, people forget. And we make big deals out of things that we probably shouldn't make, big, you know, such big deals out of and uh, it's just part of the journey, you know, sometimes in life, I think it's a good learning experience for my kids to see is that, you know, uh, is that you're just things that you are going to fail out in life and you got to pick yourself up again and, and, and work that much harder to, to reach your goals. So, and that's what I'm trying to do. And so not only am I trying to win my belt back, but I'm trying to also be a good example for them and, and, to, to show that how to work and, and come back from adversity. Well, you are a really good example, man. You're a very good role model. Uh, you know, I mean, you're never in trouble. You're, you work hard. You, you, don't, you don't really talk shit at all. I think and you should start talking shit, Chris. <laughs> you think so? Yeah, it'd be good for you. Really? Why not? Hmm. I like the fact that he that he talked his own shit. And man, listen, you, you, you gotta be. I mean, I'm a I'm a ball buster, but as far as me being vicious and talking shit on people and, and trying to bring people down. I'm not, I'm not that guy. No, no, you could do it in a um, fun way. You could just break their balls and show them that you're also smart. Yeah, I mean, yeah, well, I don't know. We'll see. I mean, I, you've seen me talk to Luke a couple of times. You, I, we've definitely been going back and forth. Have, have you ever heard um, of Russell Peters, by the way? Russell Peters? No. Okay. Whoa, whoa, what's that? Is that about? your other name? No, Russell, <laughs> Pe- no, Russell Peters is the guy talking to you right now. He is the biggest comic in the world. I'm also really good friends with Chuck Zito, who's good friends with you. Oh, Chuck Zito's the man. Yeah. yeah. He's such a good dude. Yeah. yeah. That's one of my best friends. Um, oh, wow. Awesome. That guy, he's everywhere. I always see him. No yeah. matter where I am, I see him. And he actually, um, obviously, I think, you know, he's a New York guy, but he gets his, his, his car work done. Like his pinstrapping done on his motorcycles and his cars by one of my dad's best friends, this guy Louis Costa. So we have a lot of we have some mutual friends being out here in New York, and then and then also, I think the, the first time I met him was out in Vegas. But uh, he's definitely a good dude. Yeah, I remember when he introduced you to Mayweather at that day party. Were you there for that? No. But he, I was, I was, <laughs> you know why I don't go to day parties? Cause everybody is in shape like you and I'm in shape like me. Yeah, I hear you. <laughs> Nobody wants to see a chubby uh, Indian guy on the day party. <laughs> yeah. Now the same thing happened to me at the UFC uh, pool party. I was the only one wearing a t-shirt. Yeah. I'd be wearing a snowsuit. It was rough. <laughs> hey, man, it's all right. There's nothing, there's nothing wrong with keeping the t-shirt on guys. Oh, thanks man. Appreciate that. Thanks. So how sometimes you... I keep. I don't want to keep. Uh, yeah, go ahead. Go on, go on. Sometimes you want to keep what? No, no, no. Never mind. Go on, tell us. Hey, don't, 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 don't let this one. Die. No, no, not, no, no. I forgot what I was going to say. Timing's gone. The timing's gone. The timing's gone. Adam. By the way, are, my kids are sneaking in the room, literally, like thinking, like I don't know what they're doing. 
but they're acting weird. They're like hiding underneath the bed and like, I don't know. Nice. Anyway. Nice. By the way, um, have you been watching my new show on Oxygen? I have a new TV show. <laughs> I've been, I'm a huge fan of it. I saw the 15 second clip on Twitter. Oh, and, fuck. Um, <laughs> it's a good no, show. No, I really, I saw, I, I did, no, so I, honestly, I don't watch that much TV just because by the time I get home at night, um, I, and I usually do late workouts. Like me being home right now is, is pretty very early for me. But usually I get home around like 10, 10, 30, 11 o'clock at night. And I literally, if I put the TV on, it, it's on. And then I don't remember what was on and I'm, I'm, out, I'm out. So I don't, I don't really watch too much TV. But I did see you on Twitter and I saw... So it's like a dating show, right? You're like trying to date all these hot chicks, and no, you're trying a, to pull them off, pull them out with your personality. Listen, Guys, <laughs> get away from my charger right now. Mm. No, what it Hello? is is basically it, it follows me and a couple comedians around, and I go out with a bunch of my ex girlfriends to find out what went wrong. Um, because you know, really, yes. So wait, they you, let, actually, you get these ex girlfriends to come on. Camera? So wait, they let yes. they let porn stars on oxygen. Yes, pretty much. <laughs> that's actually true. A couple of them was in a porn. I, I didn't even know it. Uh, <laughs> Are you really? No, this girl Jenna from yeah. That's what I'm on the show. I, I go on the bunch. I go on dates with people. They follow me to comedy clubs. But uh, yeah, I mean, I, what is it with you though? I do notice where every once in a while, it's not like I stalk you or anything, but I do. Every once in a while, I come across these pictures of you, and you got like seven girls to your left, seven girls to your right. You got the big old smirk on your face. I mean, are you are you paying these girls to jump? No, listen, I'm a funny guy, and women are you going you Hefner? Listen, women. Listen, women. Women like funny people. Okay, the reason why you have to fight to in order to get chicks is because you're not funny. All right, but when you're when you're actually funny, the women they they like they flock. So. So that's how it is, Chris. No one laughed at you. No one maybe you're, maybe I'm funnier. You are, you are fun. Listen, you you married your high school sweetheart, okay? So you you married the same. You've been you with kept the, winning. You've been with the same. I don't have to. I don't have. Yeah, I don't. I, I don't have to be funny. I don't have to be good at fighting girls. If I wanted, they just flock. Yeah, that's they, the way the world works for me. Uh, of course. <laughs> yeah, that's what I thought. No, no, you've been with the same was, beautiful. Was that the the loot? The, the, did Luke Rockhold just enter the conversation? Guys, get out of the room. No, you've been with the same hot Puerto Rican woman your whole life. Uh, thank you, thank you. I dated a Puerto Rican, a few Puerto Rican girls before. You can't leave. No matter how well you can fight, oh, yeah. they will find a way to kill you. You hit, you hit the nail on the head with that one. Yeah, I mean, let's be serious. I mean, well, you know what it is? And I was actually, I actually just said this recently on, the, uh, on another interview, and it's just funny how this works. You guys, I, well, I don't know if you're single, but I know Adam is single. You're, you're single, right, Adam? Yeah, I, actually, no, now I have a girlfriend. It's been it's been about two months. <laughs> no, you're already playing after two months? Yes. So, so, so this could be over by the end, by the time this podcast airs. <laughs> <there, so. laughs> So what were you saying, Chris? Um, and I'm getting a text message from this from my Puerto Rican wife, who I love so much right now. I need you down here. So yeah, I, I'm just basically, you know, that I mean, it's puts a scare. That's just my heart just starts beating faster as soon as I see a text from her all the time. Yeah. But anyway, like, what, what was it? Where was it going with this? Um, Women. Oh no. So me, you know, I married my high school sweetheart. I got three kids. You go on my social media, you see pictures of everything, you know, me and my kids, my wife, we're, you know, we're all happy in pictures. Everyone's like, uh, you know, everybody goes on the comment section. They're like, hashtag relationship goals. They tag their girlfriends and their boyfriends and their husbands and their wives in it. And like, this is what I want. And 
oh my god like everybody thinks we like like my life is perfect with my wife and my kids and i and i, and I am I, I definitely have a, a great wife great kid but let me tell you son this is, I, my family's just just as dysfunctional as <laughs> any other family i want to kill my wife sometimes just like she wants to kill me sometimes and uh same thing with my kids and so people i guess so confused people are like always searching for like this perfect relationship but there really is no perfect relationship and when i when people start thinking i have a perfect relationship i just want to make it very clear that i had the furthest thing from a perfect relationship just so people aren't like fooled into looking for something that doesn't exist because we're all at the end of the day imperfect people and so there's never going to be something that's perfect and, and, that's, and so you got these guys who, who they got their girlfriends and all of a sudden you know they're trying to act like everything's good they have a fort yet you know everything but at the end of the day if they have a fort yet guess what someone's holding something in and at some point they're going to burst and at some point they're going to want to kill each other and then they either got to break up or they're going to have to be able to communicate and get through it you know last but, time on the show you um, said that you guys were having date you guys were having date night because you're not romantic at all and your wife got upset about you for being not romantic how's that going for you no, nah, I'm terrible. I'm terrible. There's no, there's no question about it. I'm the worst. It's and, hard um, to take your lady and, on a and, date. Hey, and, and what's your name again, buddy? I'm sorry. Russell. The, the, the funniest guy in the world. You <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> son of your mother. I, uh. <laughs> when you're married, when you're with a Puerto Rican, it doesn't matter how bad you are, or like how bad you're messing up. You don't leave. You know, you, you have no choice. No, so, yeah, you're stuck. You buddy. know, they're not getting rid of me. I'm not getting rid of them. Yeah, so I've been with her since high school. Yeah. It's, and, like, it's uh, like fighting and a Puerto Rican. And it worked out great. I got a great life, to be honest with you. But, uh, man, it's not it's not flowers. It's not rainbows. It's it's it's, uh, it's a hard work, man. Relationships are freaking hard work. But she's funny, though, because whenever I put, like, a really, like, filthy, fucked up joke on Twitter, she likes it. Like, she <laughs> she always likes the worst, the worst of the worst jokes. She's got a really dark sense of humor. Yeah. Oh yeah, of course. Yeah, she definitely does. Yeah, she's funny. No, but she's great. She's great. She's actually really smart, and that's why you know we're good. You know, we kind of uh, you know what, what am I looking for the uh, good counterparts because she's really smart and I'm really smart, so we're perfectly. <laughs> yeah. No, you're smart, man, but you have the worst ADHD. I've ever seen, like, out of a fighter. Bro, You're... because I vent and I tell you about my ADD doesn't mean you have to bring it up as Dude, I, like it's, I have a handicap. Right? It's, it's horrible. I, I, I've talked to you. You're like a you're like a five year old child. I have a, I have horrible ADD. His, too. His I don't bad. have ADHD. I have ADD. There's okay. a difference. All right, sorry. Yeah, I don't have the hyper. Part. I don't have the hyper part. But talking to you, you're I'm looking. Just, I, I'm, you can't focus. I I can't believe how good of a fighter you are because we talk and like. Your your mind's here, your brain's there, you're this that. It's hilarious, but I'm like, you're like a like a, a child. Oh, no. Yo, if you talk to coach, if you talk to my coach Longo, I mean that's his biggest thing with me. He's like, listen, I just need you to stay focused for 25 minutes. If you can stay focused for 25 minutes, there's no one on this earth beating you. And honestly, that's the biggest thing. And so for this for this camp, one of the things I'm doing, which is a big part of what Mark Henry brought, is like I'm doing way longer workouts to work on my attention span handling these longer workouts because usually after 20 minutes my mind's out the door. Yeah. And um and, and so that is definitely something I've been working on. I got and I've got way better at staying focused now um, throughout like sparring sessions. I literally would just get bored and just do stupid things in the middle of like sparring sessions, and it actually was very obvious. Obviously, you know, you can bring up my loop fight, but uh, I threw a spinning back kick out of nowhere just, just because. But before that, you go to my Leota Machida fight, and I was beating him, beating him up pretty good. It didn't seem like he could get, do anything to me at all. And then all of a sudden, in the fourth round, 
I literally think the reason why he won the fourth round, I literally, my attention span, I was done. I was being, I was bored. I was like, I started thinking about other things. Yeah, that was a real what, thing. What were you thinking about? Being able to stay focused. I was thinking, honestly, like, I just, no, I was thinking about the fight, but I just wasn't as focused as, as I should have been. I started about, like, thinking, dinner? like, all right, I'm going to, I'm just tired of this guy. I just want him to be finished. I just want him to give up already. Because I was beating him pretty good, and I thought he was giving up going into the fourth round. So I remember like thinking, "All right, he's tired, he's broken. I'm just going to start walking through him and throw him on the floor and finish him right now." And uh, I, apparently, he wasn't finished like I thought he was, and I was like letting him punch me because it was just boring running after him. I, if you watch the fight, I ran after him nonstop for three rounds. So, no, but attention span is a legit thing that no one ever really brings up as a as, as something that is important in fighting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I absolutely, and I, I honestly, that's my um, you are like a child, but it's but it's like it's really cool to see because you're definitely like uh, you found the profession that allows you to be you. You know, you're you're really good at it. By the way, we have. Uh, hang, on, hang on a second. Can we? I'm not letting you take this as a fact. Number one, that I'm a child. Okay. So let's not put this. Let's not write this down. Like I'm okay with you calling me a child and thinking like, oh, that's normal and it, it's somehow a good thing for me. All right. Yeah. Right. Let's just. But you're stopping with that. My ADD is. I have, I got decently bad ADD, but there's way worse people than me. Even in this fight game, than me. All right. Name name Let's one. Exactly. Name one. Name one. Okay. Uh, Volante. <laughs> I'm getting hit with hat. I'm getting my little. My kids are literally hiding under the bed and throwing things at my head right now. They I'm have still ADD too. On what they're talking about. <laughs> they got the HD. They, yeah, they got the ADHD. <laughs> yeah, they got. Yeah, they got the ADHD. By the way, we're here with I'm Henry Machado, all, right? Henry Higan, Machado. Higan, Higan, Higan. I'm serving them. I'm serving you? them all Ritalin right now. That's it. They're going to be on it. They're by the way, the by the way, Hegan Machado just joined us. Hegan, do you know Chris Weidman? Um, I think my brother Carlos knew him. Uh, Carlos mentioned. Hey, yes. Yeah, Carlos talk about you all the time because uh, the, Steve Thompson, right? Yeah. Yes, yes. I'm going to be family members with you soon. I don't know if you know that, but uh, I'm, yeah, my, no, my I know. wife, <laughs> my daughter, I mean, my daughter, my Your sister, right? sister is marrying um, Tony Thompson. That's awesome. And yeah, so, and uh, yeah, so we're going to be family members, I guess. Yeah, it's going to be so, my pleasure to awesome. meet you one day. Uh, he can, do you have any advice for Chris yeah, Weidman and how he could be a better fighter? Uh, I think what? he's already complete. You know? he's I'm complete? the one who have to learn from him for now. Okay. He's the champion. <laughs> Russell Peters, do you have any advice for Chris Weidman how he could be a better fighter? Uh, how to be a better fighter? <laughs> yeah. um, well, no, you see, I, I too have, suffer from the ADD right. really badly. But when I'm in the ring, it's the only time I can focus because it's the only time I know it's very detrimental if I don't pay attention. Right. And when my mind does drift, yeah, well, I get on. hit. Hey, and, and you're actually you're actually hitting the nail on the head because I was a psychology major in Oxford University, one of the most uh, decorated colleges for the psychology programs. I graduated with honors, and I understand I understand um, the psychology behind fighting, and just, and I also understand about attention deficit disorder and what attention deficit disorder actually gives you. It gives you a hyper focus on one thing. So I can't I can't multitask. But when I'm focused on one thing, I'm, there's no one better than me. Uh, right? No, or I agree. People with, or people with my disorder. Right. I, I think the key is to get your fight done in like three rounds or less. 
because the fourth round is when things start going bad. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, but I've been figuring that. But but now I've been working on it for the fifth round. Don't now, worry, I'm good now. Now Luke, I'm cured. Now Luke says he's gonna finish this round in one in like two rounds tops. He's gonna be in two rounds tops. What's your what's your response to that? I, I, what's my response to him saying he's gonna finish me in one or two rounds? Yeah. I mean, uh, hmm, what can I say to that? Um, no, I don't think he will finish me in one or two rounds. He couldn't shave his chest in two rounds. I think. I, <laughs> yeah, I, <laughs> exactly. Yes. Uh, no, I, I, uh, I don't know. What, what, I don't know. What are you supposed to say to these things? I don't, I don't Tell know. Tell the guy to go what fuck himself. Say? No, uh, no, I'm going to finish him. I'm yes. going to finish him in one or two rounds. Yes. How about that? Hey, you know what? It's, it's starting to sound a little homoerotic at this point. <laughs> <laughs> No, no, I'm gonna finish you, you first. <laughs> no, no, Russell, he's gonna oh, be in man. town. He's gonna be in town the man. first week of June for the fight. Do you do you, do you, do you have any shows that week? Uh, uh, no, but I can get on stage if he needs me to. Yes. Uh, uh, where is the fight? Staples. It's a Staples Center. Oh, yeah, no, it's not. It's no, not. It's not a Staples. Oh, no, no, it's, it's, it's actually no. It's at the Forum. Oh, I'm, I'm going to go. We're going to go. I, go. I already got my tickets, Chris, and I actually wanted to tell you when you knocked out Anderson Silva, I screamed so loud in my Vegas apartment, I almost got arrested. And when the cops asked me why I was hooting and hollering so much, I told them that Chris Weidman just knocked out Anderson Silva, and instead of getting arrested, they asked me to come in and watch it. Oh. <laughs> that is awesome because you know what? You're not the only person who had that story, and it was people people from Long Island actually. Had, a couple of those people had stories just like that where cops were called on them by, by neighbors, and the cops came over, and then they let them know why they were screaming. And the cops like came in and were celebrating with them, and it was wow. cool. So I love hearing stories like that. You had a uh, parade for you. I mean, how cool is that? How many people could say they had a parade for Adam, you? Adam's had a parade. It's been the gay pride parade, but it's still a parade. <laughs> <laughs> that was an amazing time. <laughs> yes. Well, what's wrong with that? Nothing. Abso- uh, absolutely nothing. He was the front float. Yeah. <laughs> Such a dick. Oh. Such a dick. So uh, I guess you comedian comedians you get away with saying like the worst possible things, and I'm like without getting in trouble. Absolutely. Our right. job is to have no sensitivity in some ways. It's like yeah. it's like we're very uh, sensitive yeah, about the, things. The, the worst thing could happen and then the, we have to mock it. Yeah. Yeah. If we much. act sensitive, then it's almost like what did you forget what you do for a living? Right. Exactly. Yeah. It's pretty so, so you guys feel pretty liberated that you could just speak your soul without any care in the world, huh? But Russell Peters, what what What's the biggest crowd you performed in front of? 18,000. 18,000 people. Wow. And, uh, wow. That's and Chris, crazy. And Chris, where was that? Where was that? Uh, that was probably in Vancouver, British Columbia. Sold it out two nights in a row. So it was 18, two nights in a row. And Chris, what was the most people that you ever performed in front of? Ah, oh, man. Uh, honestly, the probably that most people I ever, uh, most people I ever actually competed in front of was actually NCAA wrestling tournament. And, I and I don't even know how many people were there, but it was more than any of these Vegas arenas that I, that I that I was at. And I think the Vegas arenas really aren't that big. Maybe sixteen, seventeen thousand people. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, that's it. They tap out there. That's what I usually end up with: sixteen, seventeen thousand. All right. So this Saturday, two yeah. guys, two guys that you beat are fighting. Oh no, actually, uh, uh, Vitor Belfort is fighting Jacare. Who, who do you like in that fight? Oh, hey, Anderson pulled out, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And squirted all over the place. <laughs> yeah. Um. <laughs> who do you like? Who do you like this week, Vitor or Jacare? Um, uh, the odds are definitely, I think, in Jacare's favor. I mean, he's younger. Uh, I'm not going to say he's more athletic, but he's just, uh, I think he's a little bit more hungry and he's got more momentum going. I think, uh, I mean, Jacare gets it to, gets it to the floor. I think, um, it could be a quick night, but the thing with, the thing with, um, Vitor is, man, he's, he just, he's just, a, he's a dangerous guy no matter what. I mean, 
even when he fought me, he was dangerous. And did he? Who did he just knock? Did he just knock someone else out? Didn't Dan he? Henderson. Or he just beat somebody. Dan Henderson. Knock out Dan Henderson. I mean, he, he's a dangerous guy, man. He he knows how to knock people out, and he knows uh, he's very good at you know smelling that blood and finishing fights. So um, you can't count him out, man. You can't count him out. But I would say the odds are definitely in Jack Ray's favor. Yeah, you know, but here's the thing with Vitor. Whenever he gets into like a big fight situation, he always shits the bed. Uh, he starts yeah, off. Yeah, but how many big fights? I, I agree with that, but that's usually like big, big fights. So, like yeah. fighting me for the title, all right, yeah, yeah. he shit the bed, right? But then yeah. when he fought Anderson Silva in Brazil, that was a huge fight for Brazil. He shit the bed. Yeah. But then since then, he's only had big fights. I mean, Luke Rockle, I guess, was a big fight when he fought him and he knocked him out. That was TRT uh, Vitor. He's only though. been fighting big. What? That was TRT Vitor. TRT Vitor, I think, was a different animal. Oh yeah, well that's true. So is there is there anybody? I I mean maybe maybe you point out. I don't know. Is this like one of the bigger fights for him? He's forced for no. so long. What's a big fight for him anymore? You know? Yeah. Well, Brazil is going to be forty five thousand people. They're saying uh, this week. Um, now, Stipe Miocic versus Verdum. Who do you like in that fight? Um. It's a very, very interesting fight, man. And I'm, I'm, I'm very close with both of these guys. So I went to Russia with Fabricio Verdum and hung out with him for a week. He is the best guy ever. So funny. Uh, but then Stipe, I became even closer with because um, Volante would go out and train with Stipe. Volante, John Volante is one of my main training partners and best friends. So he would go and train with Stipe and Stipe would come out here. And so I became very, very close with Stipe. I'm probably closer with Stipe than I am Verdum at this point, but both are just like it's, it sucks when you got to pick people that you like really care about and you uh, you're friends with. But um, in that Cain Velasquez fight, with first of all, if you got Verdum, who has had how much time off since his last title Been fight? A I mean, it's a crazy time. amount of time I would off. Say almost a year. So that's it? gonna yeah, it's gonna be almost a year. So that that plays a, a role. And he's an older guy. What is he? Thirty seven, thirty eight years old. Yeah. Um, but that guy in that Cain fight. You could you could say the cardio of, of Kane because of Mexico, which I think was definitely a factor. But he he made that fight sloppy on the feet. He made it sloppy everywhere with takedowns on the ground, and and that's the fight he needs to. If he wants to beat Stipe, he has to make it a sloppy, ugly fight, and somehow create a scramble where it ends up on the ground. Um, he throws these he throws these crazy front kicks and these weird head kicks and. He's lanky and tall, and his knees are calm from everywhere. He's not. He, I don't. I, and, and I'm not trying to put him down. I think he's great, but he's not like the. He, you, you can't say he's the most polished striker, but his his striking is is effective. But Stipe is, is more just of a boxer, and his boxing is, I think, the best in the heavyweight division. Um, and so basically, I, I, I think Stipe. I think Stipe could win. I think Stipe wins this fight. Me too. Um, by trying to keep keep. By keeping it clean and avoiding these weird scrambles where it hits the ground, Stipe is smart enough to know he's not going to have an ego with it, with it, where he thinks he could take Verdum down and, and ground and pound him. It's not going to happen. Um, he's going to keep it standing and stay with his jab and, and and his overhand rights and everything and stay away from the kicks. I mean, bro, look, look at Stipe. Stipe is a freaking tough dude who's not scared of anybody. He walked in there against Mark Hunt who everyone was scared of striking, walked right up into his grill and was jabbing and crossing him in his mouth. And, and it sh- that shocked the crap out of me. He had zero respect 
for Mark Hunt. And that was after Mark Hunt was knocking all these people out. Yeah. That was right after. Striking is dangerous, man. Unfortunately, in this fight, he can't utilize his wrestling. Like he would, like you'd want to see him use. You'd love to see him, uh, you know, hit the, hit the takedown like he did on Dos Santos every once in a while and, and sit him down and get, get a couple ground and pounds in and then send it back up. But with Verdum, he has to be very careful with any grappling exchanges. Um, and he does have to respect the sloppiness. And I'm, and I'm not saying sloppiness in a, in a bad way. It's just, his, his angles are unorthodox, the, the way Fabricio strikes. And Hagen, you, you have to completely respect it. Uh, me, I, I, I like Verdun. I know Verdun actually really well. The transition he had from Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu for boxing and come the champion heavyweight for me is amazing. I think he's very hungry to keep the title, but... Uh, the, I, I'm I'm fifty fifty. I think there. Oh wow! Against your fellow Brazilian, that's. Yeah, uh, I I, I love Verdun. I, I tear for him, but the other guys are tough dude. Are, to are you now banned from Rio now that you said this or no? Nah, man. Nah, nah. uh, okay, and then and then finally <laughs> and then finally, Chris, uh, a guy that beat you in college wrestling, uh, Phil Davis, fighting this week. King Mo uh, against King Mo. Who do we like in that fight? Mm. These are, these are both again, man. It's, uh, it's two guys I know very, I know on a personal level, pretty well, and uh, and I just found out. I know the odds are high, high in in, in uh, Phil's favor, which I think at this point it deserves because he's hard to hit. Uh, you know, King Mo, King Mo hits hard and hits harder than uh, I think uh, Davis does. But and and I think uh, King Mo was the more decorated wrestler. Especially on the freestyle level, but um, Phil, Phil, I think has that hunger right now, and I think he's he's more uh, hungry to win this fight. And I think he could utilize his wrestling and his he talk about unorthodox striking, unorthodox striking to kind of frustrate and uh, kind of catch uh, King Mo off guard. Yes, but I, I think so. I do think I think Phil will end up winning this fight. Cool. Well, listen, uh, Chris, it was an honor to have you on, man. Uh, I'm, I'm one of your biggest fans. Uh, you've, you, we had you on before you were the champion. We, we had you on after when you did not champion. We're going to have you again when you win the championship. Uh, you're, you're a great guy. You're, you're a really, really great guy. And, uh, Thank you, man. Well, once you get to know me a little bit better, maybe you won't feel that way, but I appreciate you knowing me just a little bit and thinking that, so I nice. appreciate that. No, you're a great guy, and uh, and thank you, man. Thank, th th thanks for all you do, brother. No, thank you, man. And uh, honestly, it's amazing to see your progression in this sport because when I was on your podcast, uh, when you first started, it was a little nothing. And it's crazy you went from that to Fox to – but now you got your own show on Oxygen. So, yes. man, you're, you're moving on up. Thanks. And uh, I know you're doing good with the comedy stuff, too. So it's good to see you successful, especially, and you're still staying loyal to MMA, which, which you know, I'm, I'm surprised you're not doing, like, NFL podcast at this point. So good for you. <laughs> uh, thanks a lot, Chris. Well, listen, good luck, and uh, I'll look forward to the fight. All right, buddy. Take care. Take, take care, guys. Bye, Chris. All right, that was All Chris. Right. Nice to talk to you, sir. Uh, we're going to call John Dodson now. Uh, John Dodson. Little, little John little, Dodson. Little John Dodson, who uh, is ranked 10th at 135 because he moved up to 125, which is bullshit because the only guy he lost to at 135 is well, a champion. Demetrius, right? It's Demetrius at 125. Right. 135. He actually beat, the, he beat Dillashaw. He knocked him out. He knocked him out. Who did he lose to at 35? Weren't Nobody, they right? on the same season, the Ultimate yes, Fighter? Yes, they were. You are a fan. 
Yes. I, and sometimes you, I think you're the more loyal to boxing. Like, yeah, boxing's my number one, but I, you know, I, I only watch fight sports. So. Is MMA your side chick, you think? Or? No, no. Uh, MMA is like, you know, if you're like, it's like if I lived in Utah, they'd both be my wives. Oh, nice. <laughs> nice. But, but boxing is my first wife. By the way, uh, so Hegan, one of the kids that I coach wrestling was your student. Oh, yeah? Yeah, this kid, Adam. Little guy. Yes, Ad, yes, yeah, Adam. Uh, he, he, it, was, it, was, it was as confusing as he kept going for rear naked chokes and arm bars <laughs> in wrestling matches, and I had to tell him to you stop You can't do that in wrestling? No, you can't go for rear naked chokes. Uh, Adam, what a sweet kid. Yeah, yeah. You know what I'm talking about, right? Yes. Yeah. Hegan Machado, what are you, eighth degree black belt? Yes, eighth degree. Jesus. Long time. Old guy now. <laughs> really? How old are you? I'm going to be 49. Do you think you were better at Jiu-Jitsu when you were in your like ten years ago, or better now? No, I think today is everything comes to the experience. Uh, today I have um, a good experience and knowledge uh, to be around this sport for almost over forty years. Forty yeah, years as a fighter, as a teacher, uh, I think the experience is amazing. Nice. Hello. Hey, so we're here with John Dodson, uh, one of my favorite people. It's uh, the Diggy Diggy Dodson. You're on the MA Roasted <laughs> Podcast. It's, it's me, Russell Peters. You know Russell Peters? Yep. All yes, right. One of the biggest comedians in the world. As Finally, well, as one as, down. As well as Hegan Machado, the eighth degree black belt, uh, allegedly, uh, <laughs> as well as CB Gold. How are you, John Dodson? I'm doing good. We're shopping for David Delilah's baptismal this weekend, so we're just having fun. Nice, nice. Now, this is your second kid, right? Yes. Is the second kid easier? Well, or it's my, well, it's my first since my girlfriend's second, but it's our second kid because her kid is my kid. Ah, okay, gotcha. That makes all right. Now, uh, so this is the first time. Now, is it is it uh, is it easier because you had the first one, even well, even her kid? But is it easier than having a, the first one? Yeah. Hey, you're not as careful oh, yeah. with the second one. Yes. Not as careful? No. No. You figured, ah, this well, did, didn't kill the last one. It's not going to kill this one. How many kids do you have? One. Just one. Oh. And a puppy. Oh, nice. Well, see, well, I got a puppy, too. If that's the case, I got three kids. <laughs> Damn, son. <laughs> nice. Now, but, now, now, John, I was like, looking at the rankings, man. They have you as 10th at 135. What's up with that? Uh, I don't know. You need to find the whole UFC crew because they're kind of like, oh, you're number 10, but you, you knocked out TJ Dillashaw, who's number two. That's bullshit, right? Yeah. Yeah, but you know what? If they want me to go ahead and knock, knock out everybody in pile of bodies, I can go ahead and keep on doing that. That's what we're fine. We see how well I have such a destructive force at 135. Being yeah. an ultimate fighter champion and then also being able to my, well, I guess my resurrection at 135. I mean, you, 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 beat, Manny, you beat Manny Gambarian in how, what, 12 seconds? 37. 37 seconds. You beat Manny 47, but 47. I mean, yeah. that was unbelievable. Do you think your speed is just too much for these guys to deal with? Okay, thank you. Yeah, I think it's a little bit too much for them to deal with because of the fact that they don't know how to deal with my how fast I am. And then at the same time, I hit either as hard or just as hard as they do. Yeah. So. Now, now also, though, TJ, I mean, uh, Demetrius Johnson, who just beat Cejudo, wow. I mean, murdered Henry Cejudo, which was, I was there. That was insane. You know, you came very close to beating him the first time. A second time was close too, yep. but the first time you had, you actually dropped him twice. I mean, how tempting is it for you to lose ten more pounds and go back down to twenty five? It's a lot of weight. It, it is. It's very tempting because I would love to go ahead and get another shot at it. I know I'm the only person that has a fighting chance to beat Demetrius Johnson, but my kidneys are not going to be too keen with that. Like I can figure out a better diet plan if I can do that, then I'll be more willing to go down and wait. But 
It's yeah. not something I'm looking ideal to. I mean, yeah. I mean, you you walk around you walk around a, a one sixty, right? Yeah. Damn. So that's how tall are you, John? Five three. Damn, son. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, 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 that's what you need to change your last name to. Damn, son. Damn, son. Uh, uh, Higa Machado. Oh, I thought it was murder in the making. Now, do you think he should stay at thirty-five, Higa Machado, or go back down to twenty-five? Uh, I think that you have to get the feeling what you're looking for. And, uh, I'm a big guy. I like to fight big guys. Every time I have to lose weight, it, it, I never fail one hundred percent. I prefer yeah. to, to feel comfortable with my weight than lose weight. Yeah, I like. I was in the same boat too. Cause like, I prefer fight bigger people because one, they're slower, and two, I like being the fastest man in the octagon. I like. So, who do you want to fight next? Well, this is my game plan. I want to fight everybody to get me to that title, and I know Demetrius Johnson wants a super fight against the 135 champion. I want to be that 35 champion that he has to fight against. And because I knew if I had to sit at 125, I'm gonna keep on being like a gatekeeper of knocking everybody out, and it's impossible for me to go ahead and get another title shot within another year or two. So I'd rather go ahead and murder everybody this year or next year, and then get that title, and then fight the Demetrius Johnson again. Um, people can sit there and complain about how much I'm griping about fighting them, but it just sucks to lose. You talk as fight as you as fast as you fight. <laughs> <laughs> oh, sorry. No, it's all good. Um, John, I was actually curious of your opinion. I know the new <laughs> Ultimate Fighter they're doing. They're bringing in flyweight champs from other organizations, and the winner of the season fights Demetrius. Do you think that's kind of like, uh, kind of like spitting in your face as a guy who has to climb the ladder inside the UFC? No, because I knew I was one of, technically was one of the greats, even though I never had a title in a different organization. But this seems like a prime example of what every MMA fighter wanted. This is what they dream of. Like every boxer can get a WBC, WBO, and they have all these champions, and then they have a unified belt. This would make more sense to make the UFC 125 belt more solidified because they have dusted everybody. Like you see them do it with pride, and they just kind of submerged everybody into one organization. They just basically bought everybody out like now nah, i want this heavyweight that heavyweight this heavyweight da, 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 from all these other organizations and i want them to fight to have that secret matchups and this is our chance to do it at this weight class right 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 now uh who were you rooting for overeem or arlovsky last week <laughs> i was rooting for andre he's my favorite giant in the world and i don't care what people have to say you guys are gonna be like oh you're rooting against your teammates but you know what my favorite giant is andre arlovsky and Overeem is a nice man, but at the same time, I'm going to be rooting for my boy. Now, your camp, you, you got a great camp. I, I, I love Jackson's MMA. I think you guys... Uh, oh, by the way, how's uh, how's BJ Penn looking? He's looking better, man. He's, like, you could always tell which BJ was coming ready to fight. It was the in-shape BJ that was very focused and really willing to take out everybody, or the BJ who's been surfing on the beach and kind of just having a lot of food. So you think he's going to beat Cole Miller? Yeah, like BJ looks focused. He looks more invigorated in the sport. He looks like he's been just like like how he was back in the day when he didn't care about anybody he was fighting. He stepped up to the plate and just started demolishing people. And BJ was just perfect being BJ Penn. And that's what I think he found himself again. He like he found his another calling and true purpose at this gym. I hope so, man. Because he was saying before he hasn't won a fight in six years. Uh, he is one of the all-time greats. But I, I just get concerned that I don't want to see this guy get punchy and take too many shots. He is a little punchy. What? I think he's a little punchy. 
Yeah. Little DJ, nah, I don't think he's a little punchy. I think he's just more a little happy and he doesn't care. He's kind of carefree. He's probably thinking about more things in the world than anybody else is. But he's just like, eh, what would you say again? Oh, yeah, we can do that. So I know John Jones. Hey, that goes with the flows. How's how's uh, John Jones looking? Well, you know, John Jones is looking like John Jones. He's making sure he's coming through everything and being happy. He wants everything to be around him, and as soon as the world comes, revolves around him, he's perfectly fine. Right now, do you think do you do you ever try to big brother him and say, "Listen, John, enough, of the, cut the crap. You're the best fighter in the world, possibly the best of all time. Let's let's just focus." Well. Me and him really don't have those kind of heart-to-heart discussions. I'm, I'm just like, John, you have fun doing whatever you want to do. You want to ruin your life, you ruin your life. And if you're going to uh, inspire people, inspire them to be great things, not terrible things. Right, right. But, I mean, that's got to be – I mean, for me, it would be fr- so frustrating to be in his camp because I'm like, bro, you got all the all the talent in the world, you know. Uh, but, uh, you know. But, well, what it's because, like, they best like because it's like – it's that that scene in the back of the day. You're only as good as the people that you're surrounded by, and and it's very positive and very negative. Like if you're with nothing but good people, you're sitting there saying, "Oh, that person must be a good kid." And then all of a sudden, one back one guy decides to go and murder his whole family. Like, oh, they're all murderers. Right. Like, oh, they they were all plotting this. They all knew this was going to happen. Like, oh, really? No, well, no, that's not true. You're not all like that. Did you ever drag race break. him in your big wheel? Well, you know, I did it in my trike. <laughs> nice. There you go. Perfect. Now, and it's and you, meanwhile. And you see how fast these legs move, right? <laughs> so fast. So you know damn well I won that. I won that race. That Corvette could not beat the speed of my legs. Absolutely. By the way, I think it's bullshit that Holly Holm doesn't get an immediate rematch. Your other teammate. I mean, she won four and a half. Well, she was, she was would have won that fight. She got submitted with a minute left. She should get the immediate rematch. Yeah, so that's my thing. On that, like, Holly had clearly dominated the fight. She lost the second round, and then she was losing that, that last and final round, and then she ended up caught, got caught slipping. And they're like, nah, you know what? We're not to deserve an automatic rematch, but you, on the other hand, you got a title, and then you just said, fuck it. Yeah, that's bullshit. So, you have to work your way up, and now you have to fight the number nine person I know. in the division. Meanwhile, fucking Conor McGregor loses in the second round, and they give him a rematch right away. It just doesn't make it makes no yeah. sense. It makes the sport not look like a sport. It makes it look like an entertaining. And I understand that it's sports entertainment, but if you're going to have rankings, the number one guy should fight the two guy. Yeah, the, but let's let's be honest about the UFC. That it's not about the fighters. It's about the UFC. You think so? Oh, what do you mean? I think so. Of course, it's, it's plain as day. How does John Dodson move up to one thirty-five and become the tenth-ranked fighter? I mean, that, that's that, that's absurd. No, I mean, I, look, they gave Weidman the rematch right away. Yeah, well, yeah, right. And, now, you know, now, and now, they, they, now, they just keep fucking. Now, him. Russell, your opinion, right? Because I want to see a guy like John Dodson not have to uh, to really struggle with other finances. Like, I want to see Dodson make. Uh, like, like you said, Canelo, like Amir Khan won 13 million, made, not one, made $13 million <laughs> yeah. last week. How do, do you think John Donson will ever make five to $10 million what he I, deserves? I, I don't, I don't, I, I, you know, I wish, I wish he, I wish it was the case, but let's be honest, the UFC doesn't pay the same as boxing. But how does that, but how do we change that? You can't because it's, it's like, uh, it's almost like communism. You know what I mean? It's like, you'll get what you're, what we tell you you're going to get. And, you know, and the minute you start, try and speak out against it, you're, you're gone. 
You know, and it doesn't matter who you are. Look, they did it to Connor. They did it to Stitch. They they don't care. They'll. It's about them. It's not about you. And and because because they turn fighters over so fast. The last thing I want to see is Dodson and a Datsun. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, Hegan, well, your, your thoughts? I had one of those. No, I, I think he is a business. I think everything is around who can sell tickets. I think he is not like a, a sport championship. I think more. Like who sell more pay per views, more tickets? That's what uh, I believe. Uh, yeah, that's what the they focus on. Yeah, it's a business. Yeah, they, it's not. Again, it's it's it's. You know, they always said you know how different they were than boxing, but really they're turning into the exact same thing as boxing as far as the well. I mean, politics. I mean, goes. word was that word is that this week that the UFC is up for sale. That, I, for, I heard that was for, untrue for four billion dollars. Dana's saying it's not true. Uh, word is Lorenzo wants to sell a part of it, according to CB, so you can focus more on they're buying the palms uh, and yada yada yada. You know, I thought they own the palms. They don't own the Palms. They own Station Casino. They own the Station. Oh, yeah. All the Station Casinos? Yeah. yeah. That's a yeah, lot of casinos. So I do think that if Bellator gets bigger, if somehow Titan, World Series of Fighting, if these other organizations get bigger, it'll be better because then guys will be able to like have... But I don't want it to be like boxing where the best guys don't fight each other. I don't want to see a, a Manny Pacquiao versus Mayweather where the best guys don't fight for six years. They, yeah. There's oh, a you shitty see part them, of boxing. You want to see them at the prime. You don't yeah. want to see them at the fucking tail end of their career. So, Russell Peters, you're running the UFC. Or you're running uh, MM Mixed Martial Arts. How do, you fix this? how do you fix the problem? Well, if I was running UFC, I mean, obviously, I, I, I don't claim to know how to run the UFC. Right. But- <laughs> But as a fan, I, I, I see what you could be doing. and But I'm also a very fair person. I'm all about paying people what's right. And, you know, if, if you know this per- – like, what, like, what's the most uh, – like, I don't know. I don't want to get all up in Dodson's business. But, you know, like, what's the most he probably made in a fight? Uh, let me guess. 100,000. 100,000, yep. Yep. Yeah, that's bullshit. You know what I mean? It's like the guy was on TV. Even if you're a casual observer of the sport. I mean, I knew who John Dodson was. Because I'm a fan of the sport, but you know he he on on the TV show he became very memorable. He became the little you know the the mouthy guy, yeah, and the, yeah. And, the mole. Yeah, he was the guy. So I mean, I, I, you should be somewhat rewarded for being uh, uh, making yourself be- a draw. He's also the best in the world at something. Anytime I think you're the best in the world at something, yeah. you should be incredibly financially rewarded. I mean, yeah, okay, you could say Dotson was the number two best world. He lost to Demetrius Johnson. He's still the number two. If I was the second best comedian in the world, <laughs> you know, I, I'd probably be worth, what, $50 million or something? Yeah, because here's the thing. I'm not the best comedian in the world. I get comedy. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not the best comedian yeah. in the world, but I make more than the best comedians in the world. Right, right, right. <laughs> now, but you also, you're bad with your money. Because I heard you went to the mall and you said, everybody who wants to, everyone pick out something from the mall, I'll pay for it. And you bought the entire mall thing. Is, yeah, that, that, is that, that true? That sounds like a really bullshit story. That didn't happen? If it's my friends. like if Oh, say, you didn't just buy the whole mall? No, let's, let's say you and I went to the mall right now. Yeah. I, I would make sure I bought you something first and then I'd buy myself something. That's nice. When are we going to the mall? That, well, that, that, I got I to gotta, I gotta go and wash my hair. By the way, by the way, just so you know, Russell, uh, Russell Peters. You have hair? Yeah. You son of your mother, John. By the way, oh. by the way, there was a guy, there was a guy who heckled Russell Peters. And then Russell, after the show, he made fun of you for being Indian, made a bunch no, of racist did, stuff. It was just, it wasn't, it wasn't made fun of. He was just saying, yelling at some racist shit. It was two guys. So after the show, Russell beat both of them up and then settled out of court. 
So they made more money than John Dotson did. Yeah, they, they got 40 grand for getting punched in the one guy got choked out and the other one got punched in the face. Wow. And they made 40 each? No, one only one guy got paid. Oh, oh. Well, guys, don't heckle Russell. I don't want you guys thinking this is a good way to get paid. <laughs> yeah, definitely not a good way to get paid yeah, for yeah. either of us. So Dotson, now I heard you want to fight that crazy guy from Brazil. Who's the guy I'm talking about? Hegan Machado. Uh, Tomas Almeida. <laughs> Tomas Almeida. Is this true? Yeah, it's like, I was more offended when Brian Stan literally sat there and said, there's going to be nobody calling out this kid as soon as he knocked out Anthony Burchek. And I was like, call, call Dana White. I'll fight him. Like, he's number four. I will fight him, and I will take his ranking. Like, I need, I need a fight anyways. I tried fighting right Faber at uh, the Ultimate Fighter finale in December, like December 22nd, right after my fight against Demetrius Johnson. I was like, y'all, Caraway doesn't want to fight. Well, I'll fight him. And they're like, uh, yeah, that doesn't work. Well, shoot. I started calling everyone out in that top 10. They're like, uh, you know what? Uh, let's think about that for a second, John. Are you sure you really want to do that after that loss? I was like, yeah, so absolutely. How, so how do you beat Dominic Cruz? How do I beat Dominic Cruz? By being just as fast as Demetrius Johnson, but beat John Dotson strong. So you knock him out? Of course. What round? I don't know. He, he has endurance, so maybe like the third. Because right. we already know that my dear, I can go a five-round fight, but I got knocked out far for so long. I love it, man. <laughs> I, I, fuck, I love the belief in yourself. And you know what? I would, I'd pay to see it. I would pay to see it, man. Uh, I think you can do it. Uh by the way, I'm on my Periscope, right? Uh, recently, I was on my Periscope a couple of months ago. And then all of a sudden, I started getting heckled by you. John, there's like 27 people on my Periscope, and it's you just talking shit about my forehead. So uh, You, you I was, have a strange forehead. I was, totally, I was, I was very honored that you, were, uh, that you were on my Periscope. So uh, thank you. Well, listen, John, I'm a huge fan of yours. <laughs> Can't wait for your next fight. I usually hop into your Periscope, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> I like to, like I'll watch it. I usually watch you all, like, sit there and say what you have to say because I think you're a funny person. Oh, thank like, you. Not only that, you're my, one of my, I like you as a person. Oh, and thanks. so I'm like, oh, man, I want to see what he's into, like, what he's doing these days. Oh, thanks, man. I appreciate it. Are you, did, did, did you watch my show on Oxygen, uh, Living with Funny? We were out and about, and I was trying to actually pull more weed. So we're tr- like, we're literally trying to get this whole backyard done for Baby Delilah's like uh, bathroom. Like we're trying to get it all set up. We're trying to make sure the barbecue's ready for it, and also the like that call. She have we have everything prepared, right? And it's killing us right now because we got back and we're like, oh shoot, well, Disney World was fun, but we need to start focusing now. Well, I'll text you the link of the, of the, of the show if you want to watch it. So, uh, oh, cool, hell yeah. Thank you. Well, thank you, John. Keep up being you, man, and I uh, look forward to your next fight. Well, for sure, brother. And next time I come on, I'm going to be make, making more jokes about you. Oh, uh, thank you. I appreciate that. By the way. Thanks a lot, John. I appreciate that. <laughs> Take care, no man. No problem. Bye, John Dodson. You too, brother. All right. That Bye. was John Dodson. Your, your thoughts? I'm a John Dodson fan. You're, yeah, you can't not be, right? Yeah, I, I've always liked that kid. He, he keeps it real. Where does he live? Uh, he trains out in uh, Albuquerque, New oh, Mexico. Wow. I think he's from Albuquerque. I think he's from there, actually. People are from there? Yeah. You ever been to Albuquerque? I have not ever been there. Really? Yeah. <laughs> I was there. I did a show at Laughs. There used to be a comedy club called Laughs, and then the owner got divorced, and the wife took the club in the divorce and closed the club. Wow. So yeah. she had Guess the she last. didn't have a good sense of humor. <laughs> she had the last laugh. <laughs> 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 so, so, Machado, you actually fought before? You were a fighter as well? I did uh, in Brazil before the UFC. I did like some, uh, we call at the time, the Vale Tudo. You did Vale Tudo? Uh, I did around like 16 fights. 16 fights. You know he fought Hickson, right? 
You fought Hicks and Gracie? I fought one time. Uh, well, it's almost like uh, we end up have to fight on the finals. It was a big event. Didn't have no... Come almost like 10,000 people to watch. The whole country watched. They want to see blood. They want to yeah. see a good fight. And the organizer said, you guys have to fight. Right. And I come to Hicks, boy, you, you, I don't want to fight you. You're my cousin. But Hicks and Paul, we have to fight. They said, okay, let's fight. And it was a good fight. Hicks is one. It was a pleasure to fight him that day. I learned so much. Wait, no, you can't yeah. You can't just gloss over the fight. What, what happened? <laughs> no, it was a really close I, okay, fight. You can't let, say. He was a really no, close I tell, fight. No, I tell. What happened was like this. Hickson, the story of Juju, Hickson was one of my coaches too. I have Carlos Grace Jr., Hickson, and another uh, Crawling Gracie. Other people helped me. I was one of the, the youngest champion at the time was uh, the Carlos Grace size side I was one of the champion the top champion he Hickson was on the Helio Gray side but Hickson used to be my coach we have this big event uh, sponsors and national TV in the event went up like he, Hickson fighter got hurt and, and my fire my fighter is a guy I beat all the time and the owner of the event, the guy who put in all the money, said, hey, I want to see some real good fight because we have a show. Right. We have thousand people watching. You have all these people bought tickets. We need to put Higgins in Hickson because that's the best fighters. We need a show. And in the beginning, I told Higgins, you my coach, my older cousin, I want to give you the victory. Yeah, so you 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 you're gonna throw the fight? No, I want to give to him as a respect. So you're gonna not fight him and just say you won? Yeah, I don't want to fight him because, uh, because I say I train to fight other people, not but people from my own family. And um, come to a point, Hickson came to me and said, Higa, I think we're gonna have to fight." Yeah, said Higson, uh you my cousin. I have all the respect in the world, but I have a rule: in case I step in the ring, I will fight. And he said, let's fight. I said, man, I'm going to fight. He said, okay, let's fight. He said, okay. Now I, I changed the, the click. They looked to him as uh, somebody else. And it was a war zone because I, I, the adrenaline in the beginning, I tried throw his head on the ground. Right. <laughs> yeah, I missed for one inch. He come back, was the whole fight, nobody holding back, was a war. And a lot of punches thrown or mostly ground No, no, fighting? no, just jiu-jitsu. No, it wasn't like, but was it, were there allowed punches or no? No, no, just oh, sports jiu-jitsu. It was a grappling match. Yeah, but Hickson was, what Hickson was, I learned that, that day, I was very good in attacks, everything. Hickson survived all my attacks, but what Hickson is, is better than anybody ever fought in my life, Hickson know how to come back on the end stronger and I didn't expect that. I expect like I will take over, I will control the fight. And uh, I did all my attacks, and he could, Hickson keep surviving all my attacks. And when he come back, I didn't expect. That right. was the strategy. Hickson is, is one of the best I ever seen. Was he really 250 and 0? Hickson for me is uh, one of the best, in my generation, was one of the best. I saw two guys who, was really impressed, impressed me. One was Horace Gracie. He died, uh, was the pioneer, uh, the one who changed the style to yeah. more passive, to more aggressive. 
in Hickson Grace was one because Hickson have a type of game is very rare. Hickson he fight very tight. He fight for every inch in every position. He's is one of the most difficult game to have. It's not sometimes you watch the game look. It's not very pretty, a lot of movements, but people don't understand how tight. He's like a piranha. It, it's like I almost look like a an anaconda. Yeah, yeah. He comes so tight, people don't understand how it can be so tight. We have so much, so many little details. He's very good who who made who made Hickson Grace. And for me to have a chance to fight him, he learning by fighting him, it was one of the best experiences. <clears throat> yeah, wow. but I've watched that fight. And there was a couple of times where Hegan could have tapped out Hickson and didn't. Is that true? No, no. Come on, tell us the truth. There was at least there was at least two times. Two in that times fight. you could have won. What happened? No, I got one time in the choke, and uh, he. I don't know how he escaped. That that the truth, like I said, man, that's a warrior. All right, what about the other time? He, the other one, I think, was close to. So you let him win. A couple chokes. So you let him win. No, no, no. All right. So, okay, Hickson's you guys heard it first. Hickson. Uh, no I'm kidding. All right. Now, uh, okay, but you're 16 fights, but like the fights you've had, uh, were they with punches or just? Uh, no, when they did MMA, is the most bizarre things ever because there's no place to do MMA. Valitude at the time. Some I remember one time. Uh, you guys used to fight on the beach my cousin, in Brazil. Yeah, my cousin came to me. Poor this. This guy want to bat a uh, car. Uh, his bouncer can beat you. He's bouncer. He's like, what do I mean? This guy's a fighter? No, he beat people in clubs. He's a big bodybuilder guy. Yeah, I said, well, I fight him. I right. was like 16 years old. And the guy came to the academy, these big arms and look like a bodybuilder, don't look like an athlete. Yeah. But really big, like around 260, I was 175 pounds at the time. And I, we asked, you want to fight inside the academy? I said, no, I want to fight on the park because I fight on the streets. Yes, uh, on the park? He right. said, okay, we walk on the park. I have a speedo. And when they're attacking him. Did you say I have a speedo? We uh, we fought in speedo. You fought a speedo in the park? It's kind of. How, how did you not fucking hear that? Uh, I had a speedo. I'm like, wait a minute, what? No, we put speedos at the time. I think it's a spear. No, I think yeah. had a spear. I was no, speedo, no, no. No, no. Shirts, spear was in a speedo. No <laughs> it was always looking like you're fighting here. <laughs> So yeah. you fought guys with speedos. Everybody fought at that it's time. Brazil. Uh, right, like, that's a good point. Yeah. Yeah. It almost like looked like you're fighting your underwear or something. Nice. But uh a long time ago. But basically when I, I grabbed him, I gave him a bear hug. I tried taking him down, but he put his arm on top of some car. And he's tried put his fingers on my eye. He start, okay, you're gonna play dirty. I start knee here on the balls and stuff. And did it pop sure, out of a speedo? Huh? Oh, go on. <laughs> As he did it, one ball Tudo. dropped out. <laughs> but when they drop him down, something so weird because he he didn't know how to hold his breath or yeah. something. When he lay down on the ground, on mountain top, he almost had a heart attack. He was couldn't breathe. I even stopped like the people stop. He's yeah. Something happened. He start throwing up and. What's his crazy. nickname? Dada. <laughs> Dada five dollars. The guy. Stayed there for almost half an hour, almost died or something because he not used to this kind of scramble. Right. It's it's funny because it, even later we come friends. He's a famous bouncer over there in the clubs. He was explaining, point. I, I was so tired, I couldn't breathe. 
Right. It, but this never happened to me because most of the time in clubs, I'm a big guy. I, I punch one time or two times. I knock people out. But I never seen a guy grab him. And, right. And I used try push away, but I didn't have the strength to push away. When they went ground on the ground, I didn't have nothing left. It, that's that like how it was funny at the time because was no rules. Right. That's what we call like everything gold. Some guys try bite, some guys try put fingers on your eye. But it's nice to see the progression from that time to today. Who's the best guy you've trained that went into mixed martial arts? Uh, one that guy who impressed me the most was BJ Payne. You, you train BJ? I trained BJ training for me for a while. And one of the things, BJ, BJ was a purple belt. But one of the things I was shocked was his flexibility. Uh, he's one of the most flexible guy I ever seen. He couldn't put both heads, both legs behind the head. I remember. If I could do that, I wouldn't. Be I remember here. <laughs> he as a purple belt. I have the number one team in the United States of fighters from white to black at the time, white to black belt at the time. He beat everybody. From lightweight, as a purple belt, he beat as black a belts. purple belt. Wow! And I, Why wouldn't I, this give him a black belt? He was the first guy who went to Brazil and won the world championship. The, Ameri- the first Brazil. American, the first American yeah. on the history. And he wow. did. Be, uh, he did his black belt in three years, right? It's like some. I, I said like I, I, I pulled him on the corner and said, "BJ, you will be the first champion of the history in the in Brazilian Jiu Jitsu from America." You have the tools. Don't stop. And he, no, I'm not going to stop. And he did. He, who's, the, who's the best Machado? <laughs> you, no, Carlo, I, Jean-Jacques, who, who, who? No, no. It's funny because uh, we we have a philosophy, right? The philosophy, we come together one day, we sit down. How we can stay together? You are a champion. I'm a champion. We come. Let's leave the ego outside. Is sometimes my brother, people go to my brother and say, who, who is the best, you, Higgin? My brother say, oh, it's Higgin. But when people come to me, I say, no, it's Jean-Jacques and Carlos. Yeah. It basically, we kind of they try to keep uh, equal, you know what I mean? Because like this, the relationship is better. We support each other. There's no ego between us. Do you it's, ever think uh, you can beat Hanato Laranja? Renato Laranja, no. Renato Laranja for me is the best of the best. <laughs> <laughs> the best of the best. Now, how do you, how come you think he's so good? Renato Laranja, man, he have uh, all the tools. He's, how many, he's 27? 27 time world champion. <laughs> yeah, I'm not even. I think I'm, in Brazil we have Carlos Grace, Helio Grace, and Renato Laranja. <laughs> right. Oh, cool. Well, with that, listen, people, I want to thank all. Wait, on a side note. What? Did you know his involvement in the octagon? No. Was it you or your family? No, it was it's kind, it's kind of funny in the beginning because the story you want to hear that this is a yeah, let's hear it. It's a very interesting story, story because before the UFC, uh, the history before the UFC, I, I remember I arrived over here. I was in the house with Horion, Hickson, Royce, myself, Half Gracie, Caesar Gracie. He basically like Horion was the one who started taking us to everywhere to Navy Seals in San Diego, Virginia, Olympia teams, Westless, everywhere he couldn't, we try to find a place people can grapple. We start realize, like, wait a minute, we start to meet everybody. I remember one time, Horion have this video, he took me and Hickson to the base in 
The Base em San Diego. Uhum. E they line up 50 people. 50, 25, 25. One line for Hicks, one line for me. <risos> I beat everybody, choke, choke, choke. After this, we say, okay, now we switch line. And now I come to the other so who side. Are those people, they're regular people? All Navy it, SEALs. Uh, all Navy SEALs. All Navy wow. SEALs from... Camp Pendleton? Uh, yes. And it sounded like... I did they have any grappling experience? Wrestling, some things like that, but not like jiu-jitsu, like right. submission. Like uh, great wrestler, great athletes, but no experience on the ground. Right. Same like we went to train the uh, USA judo. And at the time, we see great judo, but nobody knew much right. the ground game. And that's, I think, was the beginning. Horion, when I remember sitting on the table, Horion talking about, Poor, why you don't bring the valetude or this, because the jiu-jitsu nobody have. It's going right. to be a big advantage. That's when, the, little by little, the ideas start getting stronger and stronger. I remember one day having the table conversation about, Oh, we do this event, but have to be no rules, no this, no that. They talking about uh, fighting in uh, boxing ring, but they, I, I, we start talking. Wait a minute, I fight in a boxing ring against a sumo guy. Are oh, you gonna be screwed? He gonna push me, gonna fall from the ring, and have questions back and forth, and basically like um, the conversation was about uh, do like a cage. You know what I mean? And uh, a way like people can see through all this. The beginning, oh, let's fight like uh, in the pool. All kind of crazy mm -hmm. ideas. But the second problem we have uh, in the conversation was the corners. You know what I mean? The square. The idea was, oh, let's make a circle. Because like this, uh, a big guy put you on the, there's no corner. You can keep moving yourself in circle. And based We're talking about this, Rodney talking about. But I think the, when the people start building, they didn't understand how to build a circle. They build more. The first UFC was more like a circle. After yeah, a while, circle, yeah, yeah. start adjust for an octagon. Right. You remember the first UFC? Yeah, it was more, a circle. Yeah, was yeah. A circle. Yeah. But little by little, they made uh, like an octagon. It was very interesting to see. Yeah. The evolution from this, because the the idea of Hori in the beginning was to prove grappling Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu to the world. He said we need to prove Jiu-Jitsu, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, the martial arts, because sometimes we're talking about Jiu-Jitsu. Everybody now it's not martial arts, it's like judo, like wrestling. Right. He said no, this we can fight. One of my favorite things in that first one was when uh, Kevin Randleman was like behind i think he was behind no it wasn't kevin Randleman. it was like mark coleman was fighting uh uh gary goodrich uh, and, i'm friends with gary and gary was against the cage and mark is behind him and gary doesn't know what to do so gary's like scales the wall to his corner and mark is behind him just uppercutting him and his corner's like block that's how they, they didn't know what to do those are my some of my favorite ones the were the first ones was amazing it, it was, was a, it was a mess it was like headbutting eye poking it was uh, all bad i remember uh They were just straight punching in the balls. You remember was, that? That was uh, Keith Hackney versus Joe Son. One of my yeah. favorite yeah. Gary. Yeah. One of yeah. my favorite Gary stories was he goes to Brazil and they told him no rules. And then he gets there, they're like, "Oh yeah, no headbutting or no biting." And he was really angry about this because he's like, "No rules, no rules." So he's fighting a guy in Brazil. 
and he takes the guy's cup and he pulls it out of the way, grabs his balls and squeezes as hard as he can. And then the guy tapped and the crowd was so angry <laughs> that like this was his, his way Is of this submitting. this on Wikipedia? It, oh, TKO it was, it by was, ball squeezing? Yeah, it was yeah. so, that was one of my favorites. It was by Nut Bar. And then, and then we had Henzo on the, the show. Challenge. We had Henzo Gracie talking about how he was fighting uh, sometime and it was like the Gracie family against another family. And and it was like just gangs basically. I was there. You were there when I he got stabbed. There. He said he got uh, stabbed. He went to the once he I grew up with hands. I grew up with hands in, in Rio. It's like uh, the group was Hanzo, Helion Gracie, myself, uh, my brothers, half. Uh, no, half was too young at the time. But Hoyce, uh, uh, Hoyler, basically was this group we grew up in ten or twenty st- people together. Some of the students. But Hanzo was the one I never seen like that. Hanzo have he know how to talk, how to be, is the most wise person I ever met in a street fight. Like my reaction when I get on the street, I'm gonna fight. I can't talk. I get like my 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 legs yeah. start shaking. Yeah, the adrenaline get in my body. My mouth get dry. I wanna punch somebody. Yeah, that's my reaction. Hanzo, he move around, he talk, this and that. He suddenly started to fight. He, he's very wise. One of the, the wisest street guy I ever seen in my life. Well, you, well, he said he got stabbed during a fight. He not get stabbed. He got shot. Well, that's better than <laughs> stabbing. Wait, shot. That's what? Worse. Wait, please tell us this story. Ask us in a week. It'll be uh, flamethrower. <laughs> <laughs> it was a cannon. Wait, wait, wait what, what happened? Was uh, the... Was a fight. I wasn't. This one was not there. Was it a street the, fight or, or was a, a real, street fight? Yeah. And the guy starts shooting, but the bullet ricochet on the ground and hit him on the leg. And, and he kept fighting. No, I think after these people broke up and oh. stuff like that. And wow, but it's not uh, a movie. <laughs> <laughs> he used his other uh, leg. What, the bullet didn't go deep enough for, because. What, didn't go straight to his leg. Hit the ground before he hit grazed him. He also told yeah. us that he was at a concert with his daughter, and some drunk guy kept hitting on his daughter. His daughter was like underage, and he's t- he kept trying to buy the daughter beer. And he's like, "Leave my daughter alone!" And the guy w- like, "Shut up, yeah. old man!" Yeah, he didn't so know then who he, he was. So then he waited for the guy in the bathroom, choked him out, and then put his head in the toilet. And he gave him a swirly. Yeah, yeah. Hands, <laughs> I know there's a word for that. I have a story you know for you. Yes. Is. This one was the the craziest stories I've ever seen. Uh, Hanzo, uh, I have a, a, a surfer. Uh, Hanzo was surf all the time. He have these areas over there. People surf, don't surf, surf each other areas in Rio. Sounds like a local people only. He, I think one pro surfer went to surf in the wrong area. And they kicked the guy out. Hey, right. Get out of here! We beat you up. He broke his board or something. But this guy was Hanzo friend. Uh, it sounded like Hanzo come to the cousins, the brother. I was not there in this one. My brother, I think my was my brother was there. Yeah, he remember he came over there, saw the guy. Who who's the guy who did that to you? Oh, what's that guy? Hanzo go over there and. He's, Stop beating the guy, blah, blah, blah. He broke the guy's board and all that. When the hands start coming back, a hundred people start coming. Like in the direction. I remember uh, my cousin Helium was explaining, man, we're going to die today. People with bottles and stuff like that. And it sounded like the hands 
start screaming. He didn't run away. He comes straight. Who is the first one? Come on, I want to see who is the first one. But he also said something. Stay behind me. And everybody stay behind him. He start arguing with the guys. But what Hanzo did, he walked in the guy's direction, but little by little he turned himself for the other side. When he turned for the other side, he said, run. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody run. You have these 100 people running after us. Or something. We jump on the car, have a, a, people throwing bottles and stuff, and we escape. But because Hanzo, because that kind of the, the street ability, uh, I don't have. I grew up in a different neighborhood. I grew up like uh, my father's lawyers. And, yeah, he grew uh, up very privileged. Yes. Yeah, very privileged. Ironically, yeah. there was no favela living for him. Oh, wow. Well, listen, listen. Hey, listen, it's an honor to have you on. It's a pleasure, sir. Russell Peters, you're the best. Thanks, CB Hunter. Gold, love you, buddy. Uh, I want to thank Chris Weidman. Derek Brunson, John Dodson, uh, if you're listening. Uh, by the way, uh, I got gigs in Fresno coming up. Um, also, I'm going to be in Calgary at the, the Comedy Cave in Calgary. Nice. In, in June, uh, July, I'm at the Stratosphere uh, Hotel in you're Vegas. You're out of the Stratosphere as far as I'm concerned. Thank you. Uh, Tuesday night, make sure you watch Living with Funny on Oxygen. Russell Peters, what do you got coming up? Man, I'm, uh, I'm in Nashville next week for the Wild West Comedy Festival. Then I'm in uh, Cary, North Carolina next Saturday. And uh, and then that's it, pretty much. I, I'm going to go do some sort of fundraiser show for uh, uh, Fort McMurray, Alberta. Oh, it's very nice. Yep. Sorry. I got to take care of my country. You know what I mean? Hegan, anything coming up? I have a big event, actually. What's that? I have this big event. I, I, I have a partner. We, we start creating the Jiu-Jitsu World League. It's, uh, basically, we, we try to put all the energy to push Jiu-Jitsu to go pro. Right. To go to TV, to bring money for the athletes. Because jiu-jitsu, the athletes don't make any money. And this weekend in Orange County, have over 1,800 athletes come to compete in Orange County. If you want to get information, just go to jiu-jitsuworldleague.com. And it's, and it's all all levels? All levels, from kids to black belts. Who's, the, who's like the big name? Uh, I think he, we have clubs, big names. Uh, is so many. Is, is that Mar- at, is like Marcelo Garcia competing? No, Marcelo Garcia is not competing. Like, uh, uh, most Keenan local Cornelius. people. Yeah, I think he, he. I'm not sure he's fighting, but I, uh, I think he fought a couple events before. I believe. I'm not sure, but he's coming. I have maybe I believe had 30 of the top guys in California fighting. Wow. Jiu-Jitsu, what, What's the website? Jujitsuworldleague.com. Uh, have all the information, directions, and things like that. Anybody who mentioned the show, uh, I give a free ticket to come to watch the show. Yeah, that sounds amazing. Nice. And uh, what do you guys mention? You? MMA roasted. MMA, MMA, MMA roasted. Uh, you guys get the show. For, uh, watch the. Show for free. And I want to thank our sponsor, Tip a Fighter. Listen, fighters are underpaid. Okay, these guys, they're they're working three jobs, they're Uber drivers, they're bartenders, or this. Well, now you can tip the fighter directly. Really? Uh tipafighter.com. Wow. Tip a fighter. Uh, I'm sure jujitsu people, you you know, you could get them signed up if you fighters if you want to sign up for it. Okay. All levels, tipafighter.com. Uh thank you for sponsoring us. That's uh, a really cool idea. Yeah. That's I amazing. like that. I tip a fighter. That's damn good. Good yes. job, tip a fighter. Uh, this is an apple.
Uh, they have it's it's a it's a, a website. A and they got a bunch of guys in the UFC, Titan FC, Invicta, Bellator. So if a guy does a really cool thing, you're like, hey man, I want to give that guy fifty bucks or hundred bucks or two hundred bucks. That's awesome. Tipifighter.com. Thank you, Sideshow Network. Thank you, Sean. Uh, take care. Have a great week. <laughs>